Things, everything in between. Aubrey here again with another Killing Time podcast, and very exciting today. Our first guest from our brotherly neighbors up north, our first Canadian guest. I have Quinn here with me today, and Quinn gave me an excellent idea for a list that I hadn't even thought about. I thought I had thought of everything, but we're going to do top 10 cult movies today, not as in like cult viewings or cult followings. Literally the term cult, like the movie involves cults and everything. So yeah, I no was cult super, classics here. <laughs> no cult classics. That's for another time. That's for another time. Um, but yeah, super excited to get into it. But since this is Quinn's first time on the podcast, I will let him kind of introduce himself to y'all so you can get to know him and everything. And then we'll kind of get into it. So Quinn, please take it away. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Aubrey. I'm uh, I'm really stoked to to do this. Like I was just telling you off mic, this is uh, like my first kind of interview podcast so i'm i'm really uh i'm really like stoked to to be here i'm uh, appreciate you having me on i know it's chilly here in missouri how are you guys doing in canada have you got the snow yet or anything like that no snow yet uh i'm in vancouver so we mostly we get uh it's not kind of the stereotype of what you'd expect in canada <laughs> like it's not not the igloos and everything it's it's more just rain 24 7 we'll get snow like like two days a year or something like that but uh i mean i, I actually uh, last couple of years i was in montreal that was like true that's like true blue, like snow, like winter, eight months of the year kind of thing. But uh, yeah. it's it, we're just getting nice and uh, kind of chilly autumn day. So that that's yeah, my man. element. Hey, yeah, we were talking about that off uh, off mic mm-hmm. too. Yeah, absolutely. My my <laughs> element too. I'm a polar bear, and yeah, that I, we get that too here. Like I'm in Missouri, so I'm like right in the middle of of America, and everyone's like, "Oh, cornfields." I'm like, "Yeah, there's more than just that." <laughs> <laughs> so I totally get the stereotype thing, man. But Super excited for you to come on, man. I, I know when you had brought this to my attention, you know, doing a cult podcast, like top 10 cult movies, really sparked an interest because I had never really mm. sat down and like thought of my favorite ones. So super fun and unique list that really challenged me mentally, kind of went back through a lot of movies that I hadn't seen in a while and rewatched them and just remembered how great they were. And, you know, all of the satanic panic that went on, like in the early nineties, you know, I'm a nineties <laughs> baby. So like I, I, it really resounded to me. That was a true thing. So I think, you know, a lot of people are always really kind of, you know, interested by cults and everything. I think it's a really cool median and I think it just works so well in horror. Cause I think everyone's scared of them, even if they're like not understood as a cult or anything. So I appreciate you bringing this to my attention, but how did you kind of come up with your list? I, I know I, I was tackling it. So let me just reiterate to people how I came up with it. A cult, like when I was thinking of the movies, there's certain movies that may have like cults as kind of like a subplot or something. I didn't count those or like even things that were like witch covens, you know, those that's a separate list to me. This has to be like the main plot point has to deal or center around a cult. And to me, a cult is like at least two or three people the same mindset they're not like supernatural or anything but they might be trying to summon something supernaturally you like possess somebody but them themselves are not really like quote-unquote supernatural people 
they just all have a like-minded thing very insidious agenda stuff like that (laughs) so that's how i kind of came up with my list i know cult is kind of a it's a broad term and a broad spectrum Mm -hmm. so quinn how did you kind of come up with your list and kind of break your stuff down no that that's actually uh that's really good to hear because i actually kind of went the other way where uh, I, I did it very uh, pretty broad, where I, I was looking at uh, some of these aren't strictly movies that deal all the way through with cults. I kind of went if there's a cult involved and it's a movie that I love, I just put it in there. So I've been uh, I've been rewatching like all kinds of stuff recently. The last like week has just been all kinds of movies, and some of the ones I watched had less cult in them than I thought they did. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I agree but, there. Uh, I, agree I kept there. them in, but but that's that's good to hear because I think that'll that'll probably keep our lists. Like I think we should have we shouldn't have too much crossover there. I, I pretty but, much if, if there's a cult in the movie, I uh, I let it slide. Hey, and and that's totally fine. That's why I love about the podcast here is like any and everyone, whatever. As long as you can have a you know good argument for it, I am so mm-hmm. here for it. Art is subjective, people. I say it all the time. Different <laughs> stuff speaks to different people, so all opinions are respected here and everything there. So no issues there. Um, but I, I I don't know how you felt about it. When I was kind of going into the list, I, I just I kind of forgot about some of these movies and I forgot how good they were. Did you enjoy like rewatching some of the movies? I know some of you, some of the ones you were saying like didn't have as much cult as you remember, but you know, especially in cult movies, I think there's a very large trope of like, is it a cult or is it just in the person's mind? And I had a mm-hmm. lot of fun going back and watching movies. When you know the ending, you pick up on a lot more stuff. So I thought that was kind of interesting. How was rewatching stuff for you? Oh yeah, it was great. It was a it was a really good actually this this whole week was a good combination of I rewatched some some great movies I hadn't watched in years and then a lot of new ones that I had just that had been on my list for a long time and I got to to knock them out and it's just it's it's really interesting when you watch a lot of different movies within kind of the same subgenre and you see kind of the, it that's the great thing about horror is there's such a history of of people following in each other's footsteps and drawing from from older films and you can kind of see that lineage as you go across and you see uh see like a, a movie made in made a couple years ago and then you watch a movie from the 70s and you can see these really interesting parallels so it was cool to see it in that way and like you said to uh to kind of go back and get a a, a different perspective on it I, I love that's my favorite kind of movie like like i love that about uh get out yes. was like the second time i watched it i i loved it i think i liked it even more because there's cool. so many things that you don't pick up on the first time and when you have that context of what's actually going on you see all these other things you didn't see before and it's like watching a whole new movie you know yeah absolutely and it totally changes perspective and i'm so happy you just said that thing about how it kind of like translates and that's one of my favorite things about horror is like Mm -hmm. just the mindset of fans and film like digesters of horror like a lot of people will be like well that's a ripoff of a movie but a lot of (laughs) horror fans you know we see it as like hey imitation is the biggest form of flattering you know, so sure. that's that's like one of the things I've always loved about horror is like it's never like they they lean into the tropes, not in a negative con context like some people usually say. So I'm super glad you pointed that out because I've never really said mm. that on here, and I've always wanted to say that and give kudos to the horror community. So love that yeah, idea, like, man. Yeah, it's like all all these films are just in conversation with each other. It's like it's like its own little community. That's actually one of the things that's really drawn me towards horror. Last couple of years, I would say last like five years, I really got into horror. I think that's that's such a a big part of it. It's just like the way these movies talk to each other and the way it kind of brings people together into this community. It's such a it's such a cool thing where for 
so something you know so horrific and can be yeah exactly. so scary but it's like but it's so positive too it can bring people together it's like i think the same thing about like you know, like like heavy music like like metal or punk rock is like it's people you, you can see it as like having a negative connotation or being so negative but it brings people together and it's this really cool community yeah once you get past the negative subject matter and start to look at it as an mm-hmm. art form especially like you just said with heavy like even like postmodern hardcore where there's a lot of like screaming and stuff like, you know, somebody who doesn't digest that type of music would be like, why is he so angry? And it's like <laughs> there, there's beauty in the symbolism. And once you get past like the shock and awe of what you're viewing and digest it as art, it becomes a very beautiful thing. So I'm mm-hmm. glad you made that made that correlation because a lot of horror fans are big metal heads and punk yeah. heads and all that type of stuff. And I love it. I am so here for it. You know, for I've sure. got many of black eyes and broken noses <laughs> <laughs> in pits. So yeah, man, me too. I, I'm here for it. I'm here for it, man. Yeah, so we might have to do a separate uh, hardcore podcast uh, next fuck time. Yeah, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so here for that. I'm so here for that, man. Well, I, I, I have really enjoyed getting to, get to know you, man. I know we're probably going to collaborate again in the future. But, you know, to circle back around here, cult movies, top 10 as guest i usually like to let you pick would you like to start with your top 10 or do you want me to start sir uh why don't you go ahead and start i'm I'm curious to see what uh what you're starting with here absolutely man this number 10 for me newer movie totally caught me off guard when i first watched it on how much i loved it the marketing and everything for it was horrible they made it look like a really bad version of like slender man or the bye-bye man even the title itself kind of like implied that but this movie is so far off of that kind of catching people off guard almost like a cure for wellness Uh, my number 10 is the empty man this movie is awesome like this i I will say awesome to about 50 50 of the people it's very polarizing for sure very very whimsical and very surreal at points and a lot of the stuff you don't get answers it's a very ambiguous movie but I think that really fits into this cult aspect. And, you know, the main character, you feel almost like a fly on his shoulder or a guy following hmm. him around because your mind viewing this movie, you're just so like scramble brain, like what is going on? Is this a cult? Am I overreacting? But it's a very long movie. There's a lot to digest in it. And it is very much like you said, we get out the second time you view it. It is almost meant to be viewed a second time. The first hmm. time you're just trying to make it through like, What's going on? Where's this going? You have no idea. But the second time, and once you kind of understand the themes and everything of it, love it. Love the empty man. I really love that they took their time to kind of build the cult itself up. You know, some of these cult movies that I watched, it was just kind of like, yeah, it's a cult. And it's like, eh, you know, how? Where did it become? Or why do they believe this? This movie does a very good job of like almost selling it in a sense like, some cults where it like doesn't seem that bad it seems pretty innocent to begin with just like-minded people looking for enlightenment and then you pull the curtain back and see the insidious plan it's very good it's almost like a david fincher-esque movie which the first time director did a lot of work with david fincher like on fight club and stuff like that yeah a lot of the uh, behind the scenes kind of stuff yeah he would uh, he would make like the featurettes as far as i know about like on the dvd so i guess you can definitely see the influence there yeah, and he and it, it, you know for being a debut film, I was pretty blown away with how technically beautiful it was. But yeah, Empty Man for me, man, not a lot of people know about this. But this one might be a double cult classic. You know, it's about a cult, and it'll yeah. probably become one once people start getting on the train because it's it's a really good movie. And from from hearing from you, I, it sounds like you've seen the Empty Man. What'd you think of it? 
Yeah, so I'll just let you know this is actually also my number 10. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I uh, I heard about this uh, a while ago, like, actually right around when it came out in 2020 uh, through a podcast. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, I think it's just like criminally underrated. It's, it's definitely flawed. It's a bit too long. And uh, I didn't feel like it quite comes together at the end, but there's just so much to like in it. And it's just yeah. like, I feel like it's definitely not the best movie on the list, but I would say for sure it's the most movie on the list. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's it's, a great point. It takes a lot of like risk and liberties. And I like that. You know, if you're going to make a movie, make it more long than short to me. You yeah. Know, that's always been my opinion, but sorry, I kind of hijacked you. Go ahead, man. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. The, uh, I, I just love the ambition, especially for a, a first film. Like I'm, I'm just, I, I've got like season tickets for whatever David Pryor, the director is going to do next. I'm, I was just so impressed with what he was able to do with a first film. And, and it's just, I, I think I actually, I'm kind of rooting for this movie more than I usually would be just because I don't know if you know, kind of the, the history of the, the release, but it was, kind of caught up in I believe it was the Fox uh Disney merger. Yep. That sale. happened a couple of years ago. And they yeah, they kind of uh they kind of, Disney ended up kind of just burying this movie. It didn't really get much of a theatrical. It kind of came and went without a lot of fanfare. It, it had and zero just, chance. And I don't even does it I, I don't even know to this date, does it even have a physical release? I, I don't I, think so. I'm not sure. I know here in Canada, funny enough, it's on uh, Disney Plus. I'm not sure if that's the, <laughs> the same for you guys, but uh, but I um, I watched it. Uh, I believe I rented it before it was uh, even streaming, just because I was I had heard a lot about it from the certain kind of horror people that I trust, and uh, I was I was really just just really impressed with it. It's uh, I mean I, I I'm definitely like I can say confidently I'm probably the world's biggest uh, James Badgedale fan. I just, I, th- I think he's so underrated. Between, he is. He's very good. Very good. Like this movie, he, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's great. And there's a movie called um, The Standoff at Sparrow Creek. If you haven't seen that, that's a really good, it, actually another one of the actors, uh, Robert Arameo from uh, The Empty Man is also in that. It's a kind of contained thriller about a, a militia and it's all, it, it's all kind of set in, it, it's almost like an Agatha Christie kind of whodunit story. It's, it's just all these guys trying to figure out who did something. They're all locked in this warehouse together it's a really good contained thriller and he's just watching that and watching the empty man in short succession i was like this is my guy you know like yeah, I, I, I i love this guy like I, I love a good character actor and he's just he's just so underrated like i i, I don't think i told you this but i've actually uh, i've been doing a lot of screenwriting recently oh awesome. Uh, i'm doing uh, some short films here which is like a small kind of crew of friends uh but i wrote actually a, a feature uh horror script that i'm I'm kind of going through and rewriting editing and I have a bit of a, a lookbook for it of just like actors. I would love for each part. And James Badgedale is like my, my guy on there. He's like my number one guy. I'm like, I would love to work with him. Like, I just, I think he's great. Like the, the whole cast is actually really, really great. And it's like Steven Root as kind of the, the um, cult leader is like surprisingly creepy. Yeah, he's you know, probably like, the most well-known actor and he's still yeah. not even like big A-list. And so, yeah, I totally agree there. Everyone like was right in the correct lane here. And that, that goes yeah. back to direction. You know, that's the direction. For sure. Yeah. And, it, and it's just, it's so funny to see him in that role. Cause you're used to seeing like, he's, you know, he's um, in office space and he's great on Barry and he's just like, you don't, you're not used to seeing him as like a, as like a real kind of menacing, creepy character, but he's just, he's so good. Yeah. And I think that almost, you know, plays 
perfectly into the movie because we have all these expectations of who he's going to be, whether it's the guy from Office Space looking for a stapler or it's, <laughs> you know, the guy from Dodgeball telling him about the Dodgeball tournament. So we're so used to this kind of fun-loving, like, quirky mm-hmm. guy and he kind of has that energy until he really like stares into you and you're like whoa, whoa, whoa i don't like this i i don't like the route he's going i don't like what he's trying to sell me but at the same time i i totally agree with you everything about this movie is very criminally underrated and i mean i fully agree with you that's why it's number 10 and not higher on my list there are absolutely flaws in this movie but mm-hmm. if you're going to make flaws, you know, you might as well swing for the fences yeah. just like this movie does. And, you know, even the flaws are easy to get past for me because there's so much good here. The negative stuff just totally just washes away. and You kind of forget about it. Yeah, there's, there's um, especially there's this one moment uh, I remember, like if you haven't seen the movie, like skip ahead, maybe 15 seconds. Cause there's this, yeah, I'm going to spoil a great moment, but there's, there's a scene where he's kind of investigating the the uh, the cult and i remember he, he sees all the people across the lake that huge group and they're all just standing there and he and he takes a step back and the huge group every single person takes a step in like unison. that oh man that it's, that was it's like one of the, one of the more most, creepier scenes i've ever seen like, like, yeah it really stuck with me like that just i was, I was just like man like david Pryor just make everything you know <laughs> just give this yeah, guy absolutely. whatever whatever he needs like I, I felt the same way when i saw barbarian i just thought like with the yes. zach Stryker, the director i was like man this guy just just give him everything like they're it's yeah. just it's amazing it's it's yeah it's a really fun film it really plays with your expectations really well even like even just you're saying like it looks just like a a cheap uh slender man ripoff and it's yeah. there's just there's so much more there in like the first 40 minutes is like its own movie it's just it's it's wild uh, i love the ambition of it yeah, absolutely. And I'll be honest, when I first started watching it, and I kind of knew the backstory and I knew who Price was. So I was kind of like, as soon as I started watching, I was like, am I getting a ripoff of seven? Is that where we're going? <laughs> and exactly like Quinn said, totally, you don't know where it's going. You're kind of like on a mm-hmm. blindfold roller coaster. You don't know where the next drop is, where the next turn is. And you are absolutely right. When he goes to, I can't remember what they call Camp Nowhere, I think, or Camp something else. I think so, yeah. Camp, camp Elsewhere. That whole. <clears throat> scene including when he's in that cabin watching the videos oh my word just some of the most terrifying stuff i've seen since hereditary and man i'm totally here for you you know we have a lot of great young horror directors coming up jordan peele ari aster and i would definitely put price in you know that category you know i'd love to see what else he gets to do so yeah and i know know. he has a an episode i haven't gotten a chance to check it out but i know he did an episode of uh Guillermo del Toro's new anthology on Netflix. I'm very excited to, oh, to check I, out. I've seen the first two of those and you are in for a treat. Oh <laughs> my God. This is not just take Guillermo del Toro's name and put it on something. Mm-hmm. My God. I love cabinet of curiosities. I've only seen the first two episodes, so I can't speak for everything else, but del Toro's first one is amazing. And then the second one called graveyard rats. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> I love graveyard rats. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about uh, this one, and then uh, I've heard a lot about that one, and also uh, there's another one. I think it was uh, David Pryor's. The, the name is uh, escaping me, but um, it uh, I've, I've been hearing really good things, so I'm really excited to uh, to get into that. And let me just say, I kept saying Pierce. I just realized that. It's Pryor. My God. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I just realized that. After you said his name, I was like, I think I was saying Pierce. So, yeah, Pryor. My Sorry, God. David. If you're no, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know he is. I know he is. And definitely come on if you ever want to, man. I'd love to break down the empty man with you. But, yeah, Del Toro stuff is awesome, too. So, mm. you'll be super pumped to watch that. 
Graveyard Rats is as punk rock as the name sounds. Like in the, uh. it's like punk rock Frankenstein. It's like set in this weird steampunk time frame. So it's really cool. I implore you guys. That's an awesome tangent. Go check out Cabinet of Curiosities. It's really dope. So number nine. Okay, so I guess maybe I kind of just like am sounding like a hypocrite now because I guess what I was saying at the beginning, like where it was like, well, the cold has to be the main theme. I guess this one. I don't know. It kind of is. There would be no movie without the cult, but it's Jennifer's body. I love Jennifer's body. And the whole the whole fact that that band, you know, gets her possessed and everything just leads to one of the best horror comedies that I've really enjoyed in recent memories. You know, the fabulous Diablo Cody wrote it and it's slick. Everything about it is great. Imagine Mean Girls where they eat each other. There you go. That's, that's <laughs> <Cool>. the movie. <laughs> it's so good. And it, it all stems from this uh, band, this rock band that really wants to, you know, be famous. So they, they become a pseudo cult and start offering sacrifices to the devil to become big, you know, a big band. And, you know, she comes back because she's not a virgin like she said she was. And now she's a demon eating people. Man, I love Jennifer's Body. Most people have seen it, but I, I had to give it its love here. Number nine for me is Jennifer's Body. Awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually not most people. I did not. Uh, I this one kind of passed me by. I've never seen it. Oh, really, man? Hey, it's a lot of fun. I I think it's streaming on Amazon. I don't know mm. where um specifically. I know it has, but it's a it's a lot of fun, man. Like, be be sure to check it out. I know a lot of people, you know, kind of like rolled their eyes because you know uh, Megan Fox is in it, and mm. kind of coming off of Megan Fox, and people were kind of like worn out and just didn't really enjoy like her just kind of being Megan Fox and not acting. Yeah. And I, th- so, I think that was, that was like just after uh, transformers too. So I th- if, if I remember correctly, like around, like, like around 2009, uh, or, somewhere around there. So that's uh, I, I think there maybe it was a little, uh, a little Megan Fox fatigue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, but I, I, I will implore people to watch this because it's some of her better acting and she, it's mm. almost, I want to explain it kind of like how Nicholas Cage has had a, you know, like a rebirth. It's kind of right. like that. Like he's, She's very self-aware in this movie, which you can totally respect, and you love. I love it, and I, it's very good. It's bloody and gory. I didn't think it'd be that like bloody and gory, but it's so much fun. If you kind of like you know high school drama type of movies, like anybody did in the early '90s, imagine that. But Megan Fox is a demon eating people, so 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 here for it. It's and it's a lot funnier than people realize. Like it's very funny. Um, right. so. And again, Diablo Cody, if you guys don't know, wrote Juno, wrote a lot of great stuff that Jason mm-hmm. Reitman directs. So very phenomenal writer. She's very talented. And this is some of her most ambitious work. A lot of her stuff's really like refined and very like character driven. This one is a lot of fun. So I implore anybody who hasn't seen Jennifer's Body, check it out. Give it a chance. You may love it. You may hate it. But it's a very funny horror comedy that I am so here for. Yeah, I definitely have to add that to the list. Check that out. I mean, there's nothing better than a great horror comedy. It's just like they they just go surprisingly go like so well together. You know, those uh, I remember uh, a while ago, I used to have run a kind of film and uh, music blog just for fun. Uh, and I actually interviewed, do you know, uh, Josh Rubin? Uh, he directed, uh, there was a movie called uh, Scare Me he did for Shudder. And he used to work oh, with yeah, uh, yeah, College Scare Humor. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, I actually got a chance to interview him uh, right right around when uh, Scare Me came out. And I asked him, actually, I said, like, what is it about horror and comedy that you think mixes so well together? And he and he said, like, they're they're both so primal. And he said, like, when when you're 
with your friends, you know, you're, you're out, you're around a campfire, you're hanging out. What do you do? You try and make each other laugh or you tell each other scary stories. Mm, <laughs> you know, I it, love it just, that. It, it mixes so well together. I just thought that was such a cool insight. And, and he's so right. Like it's, it, it, you wouldn't think cause they're so opposite, but they're both so primal, like fear and laughter that it just, it makes so much sense together. And I love that idea because, you know, that's, you know, the more I'm thinking about that, that's totally true. Everyone's felt laughter and joy and everyone's felt scared at some mm-hmm. point, no matter what walk of life, everyone can relate to that. Um, some people can't relate to certain things, but everyone's felt that at some point. So I love that. And mm-hmm. it, it almost walks hand in hand with Jordan Peele. You know, he said the same thing. He said, well, you know, humor, humor and horror, the two biggest things are timing, you know, it just, you have to be right. very accurate with your timing like if, if you don't know how to deliver a scare or deliver a joke it's going to come off horrible so I, hmm. I love putting those two together and i totally agree with all that sentiment man yeah i can't say though the rest of my list not a whole lot of laughs, <laughs> no i agree <laughs> I, pretty uh, dark. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at mine. there's one that has some subtle humor to it but it, it's it, everything else is pretty dark here as well too which most cult things are um so yeah just a, <laughs> but, like nervous laughter <laughs> yeah exactly it's kind of like it's funny because i hope this doesn't happen yeah <laughs> <laughs> well number nine for you quinn mm-hmm. yeah my, my number nine uh i actually just watched this week this was one of the ones i uh i'd been hearing about for a long time and i just got a chance to watch it which is uh ben wheatley's kill list Ooh, i I have actually not seen that one. So please talk about mm. it. I've had a lot of people tell me to watch it. And while I was doing research for this film, it kept coming up as like one of the best cult movies of recent memory. So please talk about it. I'm going to give you the floor. Yeah, I, I actually had a very similar experience. I was uh, doing a little bit of research on like, I was like, oh, what, what, uh, what should I rewatch? What should I check out? Uh, and just like time and again, I kept seeing kill this, kill this, kill this. And every, every list of the best cult movies. And I, 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 uh, checked it out a couple of days ago and like i've never been a huge uh ben wheatley guy i, I didn't find uh free fire didn't really work for me uh i don't even think i finished high rise I, I just there's something about his i think he's a great director his writing sometimes i find is a little off but uh, i definitely see why this one is it is also like kind of a funny a, a cult movie and a cult classic like uh, like <laughs> the empty man it's uh it's it's very it's a really kind of odd just not not scary necessarily, but uh, very unsettling. Just the the whole atmosphere and the vibe of it. It's basically about these these two uh, hitmen who are uh, hired by a kind of mysterious client and start to start take carrying out his, hits on this uh, this kill list that they have. And there's a very just kind of a it's hard to describe, but a very just kind of off weird vibe to it like vaguely maybe supernatural you don't really know what's going on and it's really just the the writing is so good the characters are so so subtle like they're they're uh like their characterizations are so strong but at the same time it's not in your face it's just not overdone not a yeah for sure it's a real credit yeah for sure and it's a real credit to the the two lead actors uh neil maskell who uh looks like he does a lot of work with ben wheatley which totally makes sense because you can really see that like his his direction like the direction and the acting is really kind of working together has a lot of chemistry and they're just they have a very singular vision is how it felt about this movie like everyone knew exactly what they were making that makes sense absolutely and uh, And that can come through very obviously so i'm glad you said that yeah and and there's um uh i mean the the best part for sure is uh michael smiley who he's he's just one of those guys he's got that like 
well, he, he's just no, no one's better at playing just a creepy dude than that guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's he's just got such a, a distinct look and such a distinct vibe. And he's just he's just awesome. This movie he's he's so much fun and so creepy, but so likable at the same time. And it's it's just a, a really, really uh, not a fun watch, but a very just intense, really like it just grabs you. And there's like the dialogue is great. There's a very realistic kind of drama within uh, between like the main character and his wife and just them just getting after each other and just screaming at each other. It's very visceral. It's a really visceral movie. I'd say that's the Ooh. perfect word for it. It's, I, lo- uh, I love that. Yeah. Not, not uh, definitely not a, a fun watch and it might not uh, give you all the answers. It's, it's a little <laughs> ambiguous, but uh, really good. I would definitely recommend it. I, I really enjoyed it. Well, like you said, for Jennifer's buy, I'm adding it to the list. I, I, I had heard a couple people talk about it, but I saw a lot of it popping up here. So now that I got that, you know, glowing endorsement from somebody that seems we have like-minded taste, I'm mm-hmm. so here for it. I'm going to have to watch it. And I love, you know, visceral, like brooding movies. So I'm so mm-hmm. here for that. Yeah. The, the thing I love about it is it's, it's visceral and it's, you really feel the violence without being too kind of over the top and grotesque. Like the, the violence feels very real, which is something that I think is actually important to show in, in film, like instead of just you know, bloodless violence all the time. I think it's really important to actually show the real kind of traumatic effects of violence. I think this movie does that really, really well. Absolutely. I agree. We all love Terrifier, but let's be honest. We kind of just watch that <laughs> for the practical effects and blood splatter, you know? Everyone yeah, loves Art the Clown, but uh, again, that's that's exactly what he's talking about, you know? that That's almost like we come here for the kills, and it sounds mm-hmm. like this movie is more like, oh, that's when I close my eyes, so. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a lot, but uh, yeah, that's it. It definitely worked on me. I, I I see why it's it's kind of got this sort of cult following. It's a it's a really interesting film. Awesome. So, Kill List was number nine for you, correct? Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, you ready for my number eight, or you got anything else on Kill List? Oh, you go for it. So, this movie, um, I I, don't, I I like it. I really do. Um, it it was a little bloated for me, but I think it's a gorgeous film. And I'm putting it on here. It's Ari Aster's Midsommar. I love mm. Midsommar. Now, I have to be in the right mindset because it is a very reserved movie. Uh, you know, it's very bare bones until you really get into it. And that final act is amazing. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's a little lower on my list because the rewatchability, the thrills and stuff usually come on the back end. We're here for the performances. Florence Pugh's performance. I don't know what Ari Aster tells his actresses, but Tony Collette in Hereditary and Florence Pugh in this, my word, the fact they didn't get nominated for any type of Academy stuff is mind-boggling mm-hmm. to me. But yeah, most people have seen Midsommar. It was one of the most highly anticipated movies. It's very good. It's very good. Um, you could really feel like it felt very real. And I think that was where the horror came in. It's kind of like you're in a place that you're not from and you don't want to step on their, you know, culture or anything like that, but you're watching these horrific things and you're mm-hmm. like, at what point do I try to stand up and just be like, Hey, this is problematic and not become the next victim. I think that's where the underlining horror comes from, but it, it's a gorgeous movie. All the performances are great. I love that. There's so much color. And it's all done in the daytime. Very reminiscent of a new movie, Pearl that does a lot of the same things. Yes, and Ty West killed it with that, and you know I I felt like Midsommar walked so Pearl could run. I (laughs) really enjoy Midsommar. Don't get me wrong; a lot of people are going to be like number eight, man. I you know it's one of the better ones. I really enjoy it. I just have a lot more ones up top that I love to watch 
over and over again. Um, and I love my favorite thing about this movie is how dark and brooding it starts and it just subverts all your expectations and Ari Aster just rips it away. And it's like, here's this beautiful, you know, you know, Scandinavian countryside in the summer, you know, and it's like what I just watched some of the most grisly dark shit. I just wanted <laughs> to see in a movie in the first 15 yeah. minutes and here we are. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, have you, I'm assuming you've probably see, seen Midsommar. Do you, do you enjoy the movie? Yeah, I actually, uh, I just rewatched it, uh, this week. Uh, I, I kind of feel similar, uh, to you. I, I do, uh, I'll give you a, a teaser. I do have that one coming up. <laughs> it is, ah, it good. is somewhere on my list, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I actually kind of feel similar to you where I, I did really like it. I didn't quite love it. Uh, but it's, uh, I think it's, I, I think part of the problem was it was, it got so much acclaim when it came out. It was a little bit overhyped to me, which, I think it isn't, it's no mark on the, the film. Obviously it's not the film's fault, but I think I just had such high expectations. It never could have quite reached what I thought yeah. it was going to be, but it's, it's such a well-made movie. Like just all, all the scenes of when they're tripping out and the visuals are so cool and, and so accurate. Yeah. never <laughs> made you want to do mushrooms before yeah. in the movie until you watch and, yeah. and just like, I mean, Florence Pugh, like she's, I'm pretty sure she's like physically incapable of being bad in a movie. She's just amazing. Like, I I mean, I I saw uh, Don't Worry Darling uh, when it was in theaters. And like that movie, I I just, I I had so many problems with it. It really didn't come together for me. But she was just acting her ass off in that movie. She was amazing. Just everything she's in, she's just, she's she's so great. Yeah, absolutely. And we made the parallel early, earlier with like movies and music. And I very much felt the same way about Midsommar. It's like when a band comes out with their first movie or, a band comes out with their first <laughs> album and it's yeah. amazing. Blows your socks off, catches you out of nowhere, like Hereditary did with a lot of people. There's no way you can live up to those expectations, you know, because yeah. everyone's anticipating it. I feel like the longer I let Midsommar like digest and sit on me, the more I liked it. When I first left theaters, I was a slightly disappointed, but I think that's because I came in, like you said, with so much expectation. Um, but exactly like you said, I mean, technically flawless, uh, performances almost flawless and you know, there's if that's what we get from Ari Aster, I'm so here for it. You know, him and Jordan Peele are kind of like my two favorite up and coming horror directors. So hopefully they get to keep doing stuff. Um, but Midsommar was number eight for me. Um, we won't talk too much more about because I know it's coming up on your list and we'll retouch on it. But what's your yeah. number eight? Yes, my my number eight is uh, funny. You mentioned uh, Ty West and Pearl. My number eight is uh, House of the Devil is a 2009 movie. Have you seen this one? Oh, I, yes. Love House of the Devil and love me some Ty West. And yeah, it was on my long list. Spoiler alert. It actually didn't make my top 10, which might surprise a lot of people, but it was definitely on my long list. It was a really hard cut between like it and Empty Man. I just gave it mm. to Empty Man because it took so much liberty and stuff. It was kind of like my number 11. Right. Yeah, I, I just I, I really this is one that uh, it was it definitely grew on me the first time I watched it. I, I thought it was good. I, I thought it was like it's a really impressive uh, s- similar to um, that movie Trick or Treat, where it's just it, they mm-hmm. he captured that kind of made for TV sort of 80s horror vibe just so well. Like it's so if you didn't know any better, you would and you didn't recognize, uh, you know, older Tom Noonan or uh, Greta Gerwig. You would just think this is a movie from the early 80s. It's, it's really impressive. But uh, the first time I watched it, I thought it was a little slow. It didn't quite do it for me. But the more I just thought about it, and and I think the I, I was thinking about it in reference to or in relation to uh, the first Halloween, and I realized it's it's very it's actually a very 
very similar kind of structure. It's a very similar movie in a lot of ways where really all the, it's just kind of creeping dread and really all the action comes just in the last 15 minutes. And I think when you think about it in relation to Halloween, it kind of make, at least for me, it made me appreciate it a lot more. Like what Ty West was doing. I just think like, he's really like one of the most underrated and like most kind of like important young horror filmmakers out today. He's uh, I'm really impressed with what he's been doing. Absolutely. Like, and he, he kind of has an infinity for Colts because I, I had another one of his on my long list as well too, the sacrament that I, Mm -hmm. you know, I almost kind of made it. I enjoy house of the devil more. Um, it's a very good movie. And exactly like you said, Ty West is like, the king of like just like holding it back holding it back holding it back holding it back and it's just the longer he holds it back the tighter the bubble gets and when it bursts it and if you're going to do a movie like that i say all the time if you're going to do a slow burn a doom and gloom movie it has to pay off in the end and his always Mm. pay off he he has such a strong direction of what he's trying to get to um sometimes those doom and gloom movies it almost feels like you're literally trying to kill time just to get to 90 minutes to make a full-length movie Ty West is a complete opposite. So if you're into those types of movies, Ty West is right up your alley. Please check out Ty West movie. I love the correlation you made between Halloween and it because I'm 100% agreeing with that. I had never thought of it in that sense, but the more I'm racking my brain around it, <laughs> I can totally get on that hype train. Yeah, you could, you could just see like just popping off the screen just how much he's indebted to and, and just loves the history of horror. Like you just know like Ty West is just, it's just a, the digesting horror movies like he's just obsessed with it like he can you can like see the love as you're watching it and he just gets like he he's got such a great eye you you can tell he knows exactly what he wants and he can get it and he's and he like Greta Gerwig is so good and Tom Noonan like uh, who I love I'll always love from Heat (laughs) and and just (laughs) I mean he's just he's just amazing at everything he's awesome he's so creepy in this and it's just it's just a really it's a really fun movie I find it's uh it's it's just like a it's a really good one to just kind of throw on and watch and just it, I, I love the I just love that creeping dread that's my favorite kind of horror movie when it's it's not super gory the gore just the torture porn stuff just doesn't work for me but just the no. the creeping dread and then the payoff is just like that's my favorite thing absolutely if you're a big fan of more with less Ty West is your guy you know for sure and, and he does that with a lot even when he gets tons of money to make a movie like X and Pearl he's still going to give you less is more and I mean that in the most respectful honorable way I don't mean that as a negative connotation so I love mm. that we got to talk about House of the Devil because it was so close on my list so right. I love it man you got anything else on it or are you ready for my number seven man no that's uh that's all I got just I'm I'm just glad uh Ty West is back he was kind of just he, for for a long time he was just doing a lot of uh a lot of just just kind of episodic tv that kind of thing just uh make, making his money I guess <laughs> yeah absolutely or he was building the this huge this huge thing where I I yeah. finally realized how genius he was when I thought he was playing checkers and that dude played chess on me mm. um, when I was sitting there watching x I was like it's okay I don't hate it but but then you watch pearl and you're like oh my God, this guy totally did this all on purpose. And now Maxine's mm-hmm. coming out. So maybe that's why he took time off and just made like this whole universe. But man, that's when I kind of fa- fell in love. I was like, this guy is so much more than just like a great horror director. He knows exactly what he's doing. So I yeah, honestly I th- thought X was a little overrated until I saw Pearl. And I was like, God, like I, I love this. <laughs> I love X so much more after watching Pearl. For sure. Yeah, I just, th- I just think the horror genre is so much better off with him working actively i think he he just brings so much to the genre yeah new and exactly like we were talking about a very traditional guy and you know he 
he can take on any style and he's not going to like put his stamp on it. He's going to be like Ty West making a, you know, 80s movie. That's what he does. He doesn't try to like reinvent the wheel. He just makes the wheel as strong as possible. And he Mm -hmm. knows exactly what he's doing. And exactly like you said, he is such a fan of horror and you can tell all types of horror. So he knows exactly what he's doing. He's not trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. So yeah, and and he's so versatile. Yes. Very good point. Very good point. Love him. Love him. Well, my number seven. You ready, Quinn? Ready. All right, man. Well, this is also a newer movie. Um, I didn't think I would like it at all, um, to be honest, but I really did. And it was a lot to do with, you know, the antagonist and the whole fact that they're this. I mean, I guess maybe they're not a cult, but I, I see him as a cult, even though I guess they do kind of have some powers but dr sleep i i fucking love dr sleep i really enjoyed it and that cult scene like where they're like just tearing young you know tremblay apart is just it's gut-wrenching it really uh, sticks with you (laughs) yes and mike flanagan kind of in the same boat as ty west very versatile does a lot of different stuff and I never thought I'd enjoy a sequel to the shining i never thought anybody could do it correctly but i thoroughly enjoy dr sleep it's a very good movie, and a lot of that has to do with the cult aspect of it, and that culture's going around, you know, sucking up the powers of all these young people that are telepathic. And it's a good movie. I really enjoy Doctor Sleep. I don't even think I've talked to somebody that like didn't enjoy it. You know, not yeah, everyone's going to love it as much as me. Yeah, it's it's so impressive. Just, I mean, Mike Flanagan. He's he's a Vancouver local, actually, so I can claim him. He's a <laughs> he's, a, he's a BC yeah. guy, but the, he he's uh he's just it's it's so amazing that like the fact that that movie is even decent. You know, like the, the fact yeah. that he he has to there's such a hard line to walk between like 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 for people who love Stephen King and for Stephen King to he said he enjoyed it. I know, and to kind of walk that line between the novel between people who love Stephen King, people who love the shining movie and to be able to make a sequel that kind of like everyone liked it, you know, it, it, it appeased everyone, which is just, it's so impressive. It's yeah. I, I I'm kind of amazed that he was able to pull it off, but he's, he's such a great director. I mean, like he, he's got my heart after uh, midnight mass, his, uh, yes. his I think, third Netflix show. I, I thought his first two were all right. Uh, I didn't love uh, haunting of Hill house as much as everyone else did, but Midnight Mass was just amazing. He's just, he's so talented. And I just, I, I always look forward to whatever he's doing. Yeah. I'm also team uh, Midnight Mass over Haunting Hill. You know, like, mm. I, I agree with you. I thought it was cool. Um, I didn't hate it, but it was just kind of like almost like paint by numbers <laughs> to me. It, it, I don't mean that in a rude way, but it was just very, it is what it is. And Midnight Mass is so much more up my alley. But yeah, Dr. Sleep, anything Mike Flanagan does, I'm going to tune into it because he, everything he does, Anything he does is at least above average. That's the that's the yeah. that's the floor for Mike Flanagan is above average. Yeah, it's it's always going to be interesting. Yes, absolutely. Well, and that did, was my. Oh, go ahead, man. I was going to say, did, did you uh, did you ever read uh, the Doctor Sleep or have you read The Shining or Doctor Sleep? I I have read The Shining, not Doctor Sleep. Um, in fact, I'll be honest, The Shining is such like a cornerstone of a book. I honestly didn't even know there was a sequel till production kind of started on this movie. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, there is a sequel to it. I didn't think there was. I, I'm much more of a movie guy than I am a book guy. So I don't even really stay up on that type of stuff. Um, hmm. So I, I, I was kind of interested to know there was one out there. So maybe that helped my enjoyment to the movie because I had no expectations for it besides that Mike Flanagan's great and Stephen King enjoyed the movie. So I was like, oh, well, if King likes it, 
that's the only cosign I need. Right. Um, and, and I didn't even know, but I'm assuming since you asked, you've read the book, what'd you think of the book? Yeah, the, the book, uh, the book was good. I, I didn't, I mean, obviously it's, it's not as great as the shining, which is like one of the best horror books ever. I, th- I think it's yeah. just amazing, but, uh, I, I did, I really enjoyed Dr. Sleep and I was really impressed. Uh, I actually watched the, uh, extended cut. So I watched like the three hour version of Dr. Sleep. I don't think I've actually seen the, the, uh, theatrical, but I was really impressed with, like I said, it's that balancing act between, uh, between Stephen King's book, but also paying homage to the movie, which is so different than the original book. I think he just did a great, he did such a great job taking elements from each and adapting it. And I think it's a really, really impressive, uh, feat. And I think, I think it's a really great, uh, adaptation, especially I think just seeing the book come to life in, in a way that was so similar to what was in my head when I read it. I think really made me enjoy it even more. It didn't quite make my list, but I'm I'm glad you brought that up. It uh, it actually wasn't one that I even thought of. I don't really I didn't really consider it as a a cult movie, but now that I'm thinking about it, it definitely is. <laughs> yeah, and I, I kind of stepped on my own toes there because I was like, well, they don't have uh, cults don't have superpowers, and I was like, well, the more <laughs> I think about this, I just sound stupid. I'm just shooting myself in the foot. So whatever, people, you don't come here for philosophical stuff and gatekeeping. You come here <laughs> to hear good movies. So yeah, yeah, definitely, Doctor Sleep and. I'm glad you said that because I was I was going to ask you how similar it was to the book because infamously the Shining movie is so different from the book um, and Kubrick took so many liberties and almost just used it as subject matter rather than like really what it should have been and I'm not saying I don't like the movie I'm not saying that by any mm-hmm. means but it was so different and Stephen King like hated the movie yeah Kubrick's still to this movie, day he he talks about uh, not liking it but I actually kind of like that because it's almost it's two great versions of yep. the of of a great story you know that it's I, I see them as two separate things because like the shining is one of my favorite movies and the book it feels like its own thing but it's one of my favorite books so i agree that's that's exactly how i said i'm like hey kubrick and king are both master artists so getting the same subject matter and it's almost like a great artist just giving them like hey here's here's an outline now paint a picture you're going to get similarities, but they're so different. And that's kind of how I felt about the movie and book. So I'm glad we got to talk about it too, because I love Dr. Sleep. And of course, The Shining is one of my top 10 favorite horror movies of all time. But yeah, number seven for me was Dr. Sleep. We're on your number seven, correct? Yes. Yeah. All so right. uh, it was mentioned already, but my number seven is uh, Midsummer. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, we, we, we talked about it a lot already, but it's just, just Ari Aster, man. Like, he's another definitely a a season tickets guy for me now he's just his his direction really him and florence Pugh really make the movie i think they're just uh they're they're just so on the same page like i said with kill list everybody knew exactly what they're making you can tell it's definitely exactly ari's ari's vision and he had an idea and he just executed i think just technically the movie is is amazing i love the the slow burn and it definitely i wasn't sure it was going to pay off every the whole the the sort of building dread and how it kind of slowly developed but i think it really did pay off really well and just like one of one of the most memorable endings in a movie i've seen in quite a while absolutely absolutely it's a slow burn that ends with a big burn if yeah, you've seen yeah. the movie you know <laughs> <laughs> and it's For great sure. it is great and like, exactly like you said it, it definitely pays off and that's where a lot of people are like it's too slow and i'm like well when you get like such cinematic gold like the last 12 you know 12 to 15 minutes of Midsommar like yeah absolutely it's so worth it to me so I'm glad we got to talk about everyone knows Mm -hmm. about it so um do you have anything else on or do you want me to move to my number six man 
Uh, all I would say is just honestly, I think we, we've like we talked a lot about Florence Pugh and Ari, but actually w- one other piece that's very important in that movie is Will Poulter is so good yes. in Midsummer. He is just he is such an asshole in like the best way. I, I just I, I love Will Poulter. I think he's another a James Badgedale type where he's people like him, but he's just I think he's just so uh, he's un, he's underappreciated. He he's just he's always good and he's just he's so great in that movie. And he, he really he he provides a nice kind of comic relief to the movie without taking you out of it yeah and it's there, there's just like like i said it, it's it's not uh it was a little overhyped for me i didn't didn't love it love it but there's some stuff i'll never forget like the the way the the members of this uh this cult they'll just mimic people's emotions like as the burning mm-hmm. is going on or when florence Pugh is breaking down they're all crying it's just such a like a sticky image in my mind you know it's it's so creepy but it's it's and it's so I've never seen anything quite like that. It's it's it has a lot of really really cool unique ideas to it. That's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is and in fact that's where I was like just give Florence Pugh the Oscar now. That <laughs> moment where they're all crying in unison and she just kind of has this like realization of like it clicks in her mind of like okay. Like and then it, that's when it's like oh no the corner has been turned she is a part of this and that guy, there's nothing good coming from this, you know, yeah. and then it just pays off. So I totally agree. And so I, I, I loved, I loved her performance in it. And I agree with you. Maybe not like S tier, like Ari Aster's other movie, but it's definitely mm. a high A for me. That's, that's for damn sure. Yeah. Well, my number six, you ready for it, man? Yeah. This one is, so I love this movie and maybe not a lot of people have heard of it. It's actually Kevin Smith's like first journey into horror before he did Tusk. Everyone kind of knows Tusk. That was kind of like his like movie with Justin Long. But this is Red State. And a lot of people may not know about it, but it is like if you want realistic movie, here you go. It's pretty much like Waco, Texas, super religious group that is like ostracizing themselves and building their own little commune and they are loaded to the teeth with guns and it all starts to unravel once some teenagers go missing and they start to get investigated the atf gets involved only a movie somebody like kevin smith could pull off so many moving parts the humor is very subtle it's not a funny movie there are funny moments but it's not a funny movie by any means it's a horrifying movie just because of how real it feels. And to be honest, the sad reality that stuff like that has happened. Um, Mm -hmm. So definitely I would highly implore people to watch red state. It is a great movie. It is very, and has one of, when I said there's not a lot of humor in it has one of the best endings, one of the funniest endings ever. Like he, he's very subtle with the humor in it until the very end. The, the ending to this movie is chef's kiss. So great. You know, John Goodman's in it. it. There's a lot of weird moving parts that you didn't don't think would work. But yeah, Red State, I love this movie. It's very much a personable favorite of mine. I love Kevin Smith as a director and a guy. I just think he's an awesome dude. So I love a lot of the stuff he does. And as soon as I heard he was doing a horror movie, I was like first in line. And it did not disappoint for me. I love Red State. So I don't know if you've seen it, but definitely check it out if you haven't. Yeah, I, I haven't seen this one. This uh, it came up a lot in my research. Actually, a lot of it was on a lot of different lists, uh, and I, I, I was actually it was on my list to to watch this week. I didn't didn't get to it unfortunately, but I'll, it's hard I'll definitely be checking that out. It's definitely hard to find. That's what I have found. Like the more I love the movie and stuff, I'm still looking for a physical copy that's not astronomically priced, just because <laughs> it's, it's names on it. But right. yeah, it's hard to find it streaming. So 
I, I will say, people, you know, it's hard to find, but if you can, I would highly recommend it. It's very well paced. It doesn't really, it's like a perfectly 90 minute movie and it just moves very quickly. It's very fun. Yeah, definitely check it out. Definitely, definitely some of Kevin Smith's like favorite work of mine, you know, outside of like clerks and stuff. But I loved it. And it was such, it was such a different movie for him at the time. And it's just, it's so good. And he catches everything in lightning in a bottle in this movie. And it's almost a chaotic movie because everything kind of unwinds very fast. Um, because the cult and stuff and how they're like brigading against the ATF and uh, it, it's great. It's a great movie. I don't want to give a whole lot away because <laughs> there are a couple twists and turns. that are like, whoa, but some of the kill scenes in it are fucking brutal. I'll be honest. I didn't think Kevin Smith would go that like, oh, like, but yeah, some of it's like pretty brutal and definitely check out Red State. I champion this movie all the time because a lot of people don't know about it. It was it kind of got swept under a rug, kind of like Empty Man. But yeah, definitely check out Red State if you guys can watch it. Right. I mean, Justin Long and and uh, he said John Goodman as well, eh? Uh, yeah, John Goodman's in it. I Justin Long's actually not in this one. Justin Long did Tusk, which is like uh, Kevin Smith's like horror movie everyone knows. And right. I, I like Tusk. Tusk is cool. I'm telling you right now, Red State is a hundred times better than Tusk, in my opinion. <laughs> I like Tusk. Tusk is cool, but Tusk kind of leans more into that funny, whimsical like lane that you think he would go into with some horrifying elements. This one's opposite. This is horror first, humor second, which Tusk to me felt more like humor first, horror second, if that makes sense. Right. Um, but yeah, Red State is phenomenal. In fact, if people didn't know Kevin Smith did it, you probably wouldn't know it was Kevin Smith. It's so it's kind of his like avant-garde piece that like wouldn't fit into his catalog. So I love it for that reason alone, but it's still a phenomenal movie to me. Awesome. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. That was my number six. Quinn, you're number six. Yeah, so my number six is one I also think probably a lot of people haven't heard of. Uh, it's a uh, This is my first, I believe, uh, found footage movie, which is definitely a soft spot for me. I love, I, like, I'm always in for a found footage movie. I always say, like, your, your found footage movie's got to be pretty bad for me not to like it. So I just think found footage is all, it, 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 the performances are always great. I love the style. It feel, always feels very naturalistic, which always makes everything scarier. And so yep. this one is uh, the conspiracy directed by Christopher McBride. Have you uh, have you have you seen this one? I actually haven't. Now I know the cover very well with like the skinned bullhead on it. Correct? Yeah, it's, oh, like, it's, it's a yeah, great that, poster. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I I have seen it so many times that poster come through. I actually have never heard anybody like talk about it with substance. So I'm very excited to hear kind of like your views on it because I would love to take a view at this movie if it's what I think it is. So go ahead, man. Yeah, I mean, I want to be pretty vague with this one because I know probably a lot of people haven't seen it, but it's a it's a really really fun watch. It's uh it's basically about these these two guys uh, who are making a documentary about uh, a man they basically he, they find on the street who's just he's a conspiracy theorist. He's yelling at people. You know, you've you've seen these people on the street before that oh, yeah. are like preaching doom and gloom. One I live in guys, America, man. We have them yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, so they're they're basically making a a documentary about this guy, and you have to forgive me; it's been quite a while since I've seen it, so I'm kind of trying to draw from my memory. But they they basically fall down a rabbit hole uh, involving uh, this cult, and they go to investigate, and things just unfold from there. And it's very, it's it's just really really smart, like really well written, well acted, really well made, and just technically just a, a really really impressive movie one of the more impressive uh found footage movies i've uh 
I've seen. And, and it's got this, this really, really great ending that is, it's, it's ambiguous, but in the way I like, because it's not just the, the movie. Like, you know, a lot of movies will end and you'll just be like, okay, what, what? the hell just happened? <laughs> and this movie, it's very, it's ambiguous, but you, depending on how you read the, the, uh, the first bit, the, the, the rest of the movie, you're, you're, you, you imagine either this happened or this happened. It's very cut or dry and it's kind of cut and dry. It's very up to you to decide. It's not ambiguous. Like what the hell is going on? You're like, okay, it's either this or this. Yeah. It's how and you interpret it. Yeah. yeah. They don't, they don't answer it for you, but they give you very clear outcomes and you can read it as kind of sinister or as kind of not sinister. And it's, it's a very, just a very clever. I've never really seen a movie end the way this one does. It's very smartly written and just, and it's just a really, really fun movie to watch. I, I really enjoy it. I'm definitely going to, I didn't get a chance to get back to it this week, but I now that I'm talking about it, I'm like convincing myself to watch it again. It's <laughs> well, a you, it's a really good one. Me too. I, I definitely want to check it out, and I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I really like found footage, but I'm very like polarized with it. I either really don't like it or I really like it. When a movie can do a very good job, where it's not like used as a crutch, and that's that's when I have issues with found footage movies. If it like fits into the movie and like adds to the movie, love it. And it sounds like this movie isn't using it as a crutch. It sounds very interesting to me. And I would mm-hmm. love to see a movie where a conspiracy theorist is right one time. So I definitely <laughs> love to check this one out. So I, it, you've sold me on it. I really wanted to watch it. And I'll be honest, the first time I ever watched a trailer for it, it was so well done as a found footage. I thought it was a documentary. That's how well yeah. done it was done. And then once you kind of start watching longer in a trailer, oh no, it's a found footage horror movie. Okay. I thought mm-hmm. it was kind of like one of those documentaries, but yeah, it, it looked very interesting. I had just never gotten around to it and nobody had ever like championed it. So I I'm very excited to watch that movie. Yeah. I mean, this movie's like, like catnip for me, you know, like it's, it's one of those <laughs> ones where you, you ever watch a movie and you're like, it's like, they've made this just for me. Yeah, <laughs> like this, absolutely. This is I have one of those of coming up. Yeah, because it's uh, like, I mean, they, they take such they take really take advantage of the format of found footage and they do a lot of interesting stuff with it. It's it's my favorite kind of subgenre of uh, found footage where it's it's basically like you said, it's presented as a documentary instead yeah. of just like like the paranormal activity thing where you're just seeing the footage. It's like the, it's kind of put together so you can get some interesting editing and you can get some music and all this stuff. And it's really it's presented as a documentary. And like, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do love stories about conspiracies. You know, I, I just, I oh, find yeah. like fictional stories about conspiracies and I'd like the idea of conspiracy theories and like, what if it was all true? I just think, <laughs> I just think that's, yep. that kind of thing is just, is so fun and so interesting to me. So this movie just like hits all the right notes for me. And it's just, I, yeah, I would definitely recommend checking out the conspiracy. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Well, and that's why I love making lists like this. And exactly like you just said, I just love when people put movies that are like super personable to them. That's what I love because, you know, majority of people have seen Midsommar and, you know, majority of people have seen Mm -hmm. Doctor Sleep. So I love talking about movies like this that don't get the limelight as much. So thank you so much, man. I cannot wait to check that one out. But Conspiracy was number six for you. Yeah, that's right. All right, man. You ready for my number five? Ready. Okay, this is another one kind of in the same vein of Midsommar that people are like, how's that so low on your list? At this point, man, we're, we're you know, splitting hairs and dividing greatness. So <laughs> it is what it is. But number five for me is 1973's The Wicker Man. Not the bees one. Not the not bees. The Nicholas, not the bees. Not, not, the bees. <laughs> not Nicolas Cage. The yeah. OG 73 Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. Christopher Lee. 
man, it, and it, I said it earlier, you know, this movie walks a Midsommar could kind of run. Um, you could see a lot of stuff pulled from Midsommar, like yeah, um, for sure. from this movie. And it, it's a gorgeous movie. It's very whimsical. It's shot gorgeously, you know, for a 70s movie. One of the, everyone kind of knows, like, it's a stalwart movie in the horror genre, if you're aware now. But one of the more satisfying endings, you know. And <laughs> gosh, Watershed Moment, I just realized, very similar to Midsommar, the way it ends. Um, So, yeah, definitely check out The Wicker Man. I won't spend a whole lot of time on it. Most people have seen it. But I just wanted to give it flowers. It's number five for me. So a lot of people kind of consider it like the greatest cult movie of all time. And I don't hate that. I don't hate that opinion at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this one, uh, this is actually one I watched for the first time this week. Uh, and I-, I definitely see what you mean. I actually had the exact same thought. Like this one walked so midsummer could run. Yep. But uh, I, I got to be honest, I think just because I didn't, I'm coming at it from just seeing it now and not having a history with it. I honestly didn't enjoy it as much. I think it was also a little over overhyped to me and i didn't enjoy it as much as maybe i thought i would i think it's uh, i i I figured it would be on your list it was on a lot all the research i did it was always on there it just it definitely felt a little dated to me and it felt uh the pacing felt a little off i definitely see why it's like it's so influential and it's a kind of a a cult classic about a cult and uh, I, i definitely see like why it's kind of revered in this way but for me it didn't quite get there there's a lot of great stuff in it and I think the ending is really like when he's he's just praying inside that yeah. uh, inside that wicker man and just like the flames are coming up. That's such a like like such a real like vis like I keep saying the word visceral, but it's a very visceral scene. Like and that really worked for me. And there's there's some great music too. I love love, love yeah. the music. It's almost a mu- like a horror musical. But, <laughs> Actually, uh, it kind of is. I never thought of that, but it is. Yeah, it didn't it didn't totally uh, come together for me? But uh, I definitely see uh, why you have it on your list there. No, and I agree that that's one of the reasons it's like not much higher than five, because I will agree for being one of those like horror stalwart movies that like everyone considers so great. It is one that feels a little more aged. If you watch Carpenter's Halloween, it does not feel dated. It doesn't Mm -hmm. feel that way. I mean, clearly it is, but it's not it doesn't really feel that way. It feels like it could it could just have a fresh coat of paint and that could be a movie today. um, Unless you're Rob Zombie, who took a lot of liberties with it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the wicker man. It's, I saw it very early on as a horror fan. Like it was one of the ones that like my parents let me watch, which I don't understand why. Cause it's a little more terrifying than most stuff. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I, I grew up kind of watching it. So I totally agree. And again, honestly, if you haven't seen it before you've seen the, you know, not the bees, it kind of turns into a giant meme at that point, the whole idea of the wicker man. So yeah, I kind of had that scene in my, I've never seen the, uh, the newer version, but I've seen that scene and I just had it like stuck in my head. I was kind of waiting for it when I watched the 73 version and it was never there. (laughs) Yeah, And it almost makes it worse because you're like, where the fuck did you pull that from Nicolas Cage? Who told you to do that? I feel like that with him a lot. (laughs) Yeah, a lot, a lot. I I lambast a lot of his early work. I love his little renaissance he's had. Trust me, I love like, Stuff like mm-hmm. Mandy and the color out of space. I think he's perfect for those types of movies. But yeah. early on in his career, I was like, man, quit putting this bad guy in good movies, please. It's really, really <laughs> good for me. But yeah, I, I, I enjoy The Wicker Man. That's one of the reasons I feel there's a lot better um, cult movies, but it's kind of, you know, OG, da- you know, daddy of cult horror movies. So I had to feel like I put it on here. Yeah, you um, kind of have to mention it. Yeah, it, it does feel a little dated when you go back to watch it. And, Again, that's what a bad remake can do. It can kind of even turn the OG movie into like a giant meme itself. And I feel that's kind of what the remake of The Wicker Man did. So 
burn that piece of shit in the next wicker man so we <laughs> please <laughs> but that was my number five quinn what's your number five man yeah so uh my number five is one that you mentioned earlier another uh ty west joint uh the sacrament from 2013 i really really enjoyed this one i uh this is actually my first ty west uh movie i watched this one and then i saw uh, i believe uh house of the devil and then got into uh x and then i haven't seen pearl yet but i've been uh i've been I Man, really want to. It's, it's going to be the next awesome one I watch. Movie. I will just say this really quick about Pearl. Ari Aster said um, Midsommar was going to be like Wizard of Oz for perverts. No, no, no. no. Pearl is <laughs> Wizard of Oz for perverts. It's great, man. I love that movie. I won't spoil anything for you, but Pearl blew me away. So mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep talking about the sacrament. I love the sacrament too. Yeah, it's just, it, it's amazing. It's like I said about Ty West. He's so, like he, he can assume like a, he just kind of, takes over a certain genre and he just he puts so much into it like like to go from something like house of the devil that's so rooted in 80s horror to come and basically make a a modern found footage movie is like and, and it's basically like he's making a, a vice documentary like it's just amazing how yeah. authentic it feels for how how disparate his influences are and it's it's just it's it's a really uh, a really interesting movie it's another really good just like nobody does dread like like slow burning dread like uh ty west does it's uh he gets really good performances like joe swanberg who's a i mean he's a very prolific filmmaker in his own right but uh he's he's a really great in this amy simitz is i mean she's she's always good like she's another one who's just so underrated he gets really great uh performances and gene jones who uh uh who kind of plays the leader of this cult he's kind of like 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 a jonestown sort yep. of like like uh jim jones yep. yeah jim jones he's a uh, kind of that kind of figure like he is just he's he's so so creepy but at the same time you can see why these people would follow him he's like so electric and has this kind yeah. of like like chemistry to him even though and but he can also be so menacing and there's there's a lot of scenes in this that just really really stuck with me it's, it's another one it's it kind of actually feels i've always seen like i always thought this movie and the conspiracy would make a great double feature because they have a lot of similar mm. themes, kind of a similar vibe. Uh, feels like even though they they came out like around around the same time, around like 2013, they feel very very modern. Like this movie could have come out this year, and you wouldn't even <clears throat> excuse me, you wouldn't even know. It's a uh, it, it's just it's so well done. And the last like I would say last 20 minutes of this, when everything's really <laughs> when the the shit really yeah. hits the fan, is just it's some of the most like it's it's just it's so visceral. It was very like upsetting. Just the how real the violence is and when all these these uh spoiler alert obviously for this when uh everyone's dying and there's uh the one of the main characters i can't remember who but he's he's sitting in this chair and amy simons comes up to him he's just just screaming he's like i don't want to die i don't want to die i don't want to die and he's you know he's got like a like minutes left and it's it's so like hard to watch and it's so upsetting but it's so effective and it really sells what that experience would be like which i also think the found footage element of it adds to that where you really feel like it's there and and it or feel like that's what that experience would really be like it's just a really intense watch it's a really like visceral movie and it's just like again not not a fun watch like a lot, a lot of these no, necessarily no. but it's but it's really really effective yeah and i i love like true crime and stuff too so that was one of the reasons i really dug into this movie because you know jonestown is just such a like it's a very interesting study on like human psyche and stuff. So I, mm-hmm. it's very interesting. And I was very excited when I heard about this movie. And yeah, exactly like you said, it doesn't disappoint in any way, shape, or form. 
Um, I said it a little earlier. I like the House of the Devil a little bit more, but this one's mm. still great. Any Ty West movie is honestly great, to be honest. Kind of yeah. like we were talking about with Mike Flanagan. He's not going to miss. It's going to be good. Um, right. And this one is exactly like I was talking about. It does not use the found footage as a crutch. It's like an integral part to how the story needs to be told. And just it, it really just like makes it so immersive, the whole movie. You mm-hmm. literally feel like you're the cameraman holding it and you're like oh my gosh and exactly like you said when the people are like pleading for their lives it's just i I couldn't imagine that and it does make it more terrifying because that literally happened it was almost like watching it from jonestown it's just Mm -hmm. it's very hard and kind of like i talked about with red state it's a hard movie to watch because it's like that has happened (laughs) like that's yeah that's that's what makes it so visceral like you said it's just like you can't imagine what would be going on in that moment, you know, and, and it, it's a very good movie. The Sacrament is a, a amazing, one of the better found footage movies. So I'm glad we got to talk about because it, it was definitely on my long list, like House of the Devil. It just did mm-hmm. not make my cut. And again, when you're trying to dwindle down probably what are hundreds of great movies to 10, there's some tough cuts, man. And so yeah. that's why I love having people on like yourself, because I know I'll get to talk about it at some point because, uh, you know, good movies. So definitely definitely glad we got to talk about the sacrament and that was number five for you right mm-hmm. yeah nope. yeah I, I almost i was kind of shuffling around a little last minute just like I, I almost had it originally i had it a bit lower but i was just thinking about how how much it just like stuck with me especially like gene jones as as uh i'm, I'm just looking on uh I'm, I'm not uh rattling off all these actors named by memory just so you know <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm i'm not i'm not i'm not that guy i'm uh, i'm on imdb here i got all my movies open but uh <laughs> uh gene jones who who play he's credited as father he is just like he's incredible perfect. he's and it's and it's like it's i think if anyone else directed this movie it wouldn't be as effective and it wouldn't stick in your brain the way it does with uh just just there's something about ty west direction like he's just i think he really makes the movie and it's a it was- uh, it's been a big uh, inspiration for me i was just telling you before we started recording i'm uh i'm writing a script for uh for like a for an audio drama a narrative podcast uh which is actually about a cult um and it's uh it was a this this movie um was probably the the biggest inspiration especially the the gene jones character and the way like you can understand why like not not like it's not just stupid people who join a, yeah. a cult like you can see why just an, a normal kind of like like a, a regular person could fall for that and could be like sucked in by someone like that he's so charismatic and it just it was it's a big inspiration for me and it's just a a really effective movie yeah and i i i love the fact that you said somebody else did this movie if somebody else did this movie it could possibly lean into the point of feeling exploitative Mm -hmm. um, because it literally happened to people so i totally love that you said that you know that term if anybody else did it it may not be as good and i totally agree there i think ty west knows how to walk that fine line of like reminding you that these are actual tragedies that happened in the world but yet you are watching a piece of fiction as well too so you know he's not trying to say hey this is exactly what happened but yeah i, I love the sacrament and i love I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about him i'm always here for ty west man if anything yeah. I, I don't know how many he's been credited for as a director but we might have to do a top 10 of ty west movies yeah <laughs> yeah do a uh, a franchise breakdown on the uh, the Ty West experience. Anything else on the sacrament before we get into my number four, Quinn? No, I'm I'm curious. The, these last couple, uh, uh, there's a couple. I'm I'm waiting to hear if uh, if you got on here. If we're gonna have some crossovers, I'm I'm very interested to see what your uh, top four are here. I think I have. 
If I had to guess, I probably have two that are quote unquote chalk, but the next two probably aren't. Um, I mean, maybe. Uh, I think everyone loves this movie, but I guess some people maybe not consider it a cult movie. I definitely do, but it's Jordan Peele's Get Out. Like, I love mm. Get Out. Like, everything about Get Out, I love it. And we talked about it, you know, with The Empty Man. What a, what, what a directorial debut in horror. My goodness. Like, not a lot of expectations for this movie going in besides the fact that Hey, the guy from Key and Peele made a horror movie. Let's go check it out. <laughs> and then I'm just sitting there in the in, in the seat, and I'm like, oh, he really did the damn thing. Holy shit, this movie's awesome. Everyone knows about it. If you haven't seen Get Out, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for you, but what they're doing is awesome. It's a great meta commentary, um, you know, on everything in black culture. So great to see Jordan Peele get to tell. I love when a, a movie can like meta commentate on things and still be a good movie it's not just like beating you over the head with like trying to indoctrinate you with thoughts but really makes you critically think exactly what get out did for me some of the best performances you know since a florence pure tony collette mm-hmm. you know daniel kalua oh my goodness Ooh, yeah he, he's just, always so great yes and this this role was almost like made for him and i did i did like nope and i thought he was amazing in that but man get out was just such a a, a refreshing like cup of coffee it was a strong cup of coffee refreshing so number four is get out for me jordan peele's masterpiece i call it that yeah i didn't have this one i didn't really consider it a a cult film but uh but yeah it's it's probably honestly one of my favorite horror movies like it's it's so rewatchable i find like it just every time i watch it i I find something new and even like the the last time i saw it i uh, i watched i got the dvd from uh from my local library and i uh, I watched with uh, Jordan Peele's commentary and it's just even there, there's so many things that he talks about. I didn't even consider like, it's just, it's such a layered movie. The screenplay is so good. And all the, like all the performances is so great. Like Caleb Landry Jones is so creepy mm. and just is so good. He's another guy like Michael Smiley is just awesome at just playing a total creep. And uh, like Bradley Whitford is great. You know, Catherine Keener is awesome. Betty Gabriel is amazing as the, uh, as like the spoiler alert as the grandma. But yeah. but as like the uh, the maid like the the scene when she's talking to him and she's like crying involuntarily but she's smiling is like one of the creepiest things I think I've ever seen. One and of the most when you unsettling it, things, yeah, yeah. And when you watch it the second time and you know what's going on, that it's like her kind even of trying to come unsettling. back to the forefront. It's even more effective. It's it, like I said, it's like a movie that's it's it's so impressive that it's better the second time you watch it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's just. It's, and another great uh, creepy Stephen Root performance too, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I totally forgot he was the blind guy in that. You know, maybe yeah. we're not giving him flowers. He's the new, you know, he's the new protagonist in all horror movies. So hey, I, I love to hear that. And yeah, get out. Totally agree. Kind of walking a fine line of cult, but to me, I'm like, hey man, they're all like-minded people trying to put out an insidious plan. So I'm here for it. It does lean a little more like supernatural science fictiony once you figure out the twist, but. Mm-hmm. I, anytime, anytime I can give Jordan Peele flowers, I'm here for it. So definitely that was number four for me. I talk about get out all the time. A lot yeah. of people have seen it. It's a little more chalky the more I think about it. So we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Everyone knows get out. Most people love get out. So yeah, um, I think uh, I actually think it doesn't get enough credit for how influential it actually was because that that movie was made, I think, for if I remember correctly, like f- four million, maybe six million dollars. And it made like like over two hundred million dollars worldwide yeah. and and like people still talk about like the sunken place like it's still it has it had a really big uh it kind of it permeated culture and in, in i don't think in a way i don't think anyone saw it coming and it, i think it really laid the groundwork for a lot of 
like people jumping like like uh we were talking about zach Kreger with barbarian he like people jumping from comedy to horror or like someone like josh rubin too it kind of opened that door for for a lot of young filmmakers to to do kind of the blumhouse method where you get you give someone just five million dollars make whatever you want maybe we'll make maybe it'll be a flop but maybe we'll make a crazy amount of money on it and i get opened a lot of doors for a lot of young directors i don't think i mean i know everyone kind of agrees that this is a good movie but i just i don't think it even gets enough credit for how important it's been to the genre well i think you hit the nail on the head it's one of those things that great direction knows what they can do with a budget and knows how to get around things like that and Again, less is more, you know, just good performances is what a lot of this is based on. There's not a lot of Mm -hmm. CGI, not a lot of like post-production stuff. It's just great performances. And, you know, the sunken place and everything's so influential because I I literally say, hey, that's what happens when you give, you know, really good black filmmakers a chance. You know, you get to hear their story and something new and something, some perspective building. It's it's a great movie. And I love Jordan Peele and I, I like all of his movies. None of his movies are bad to me. They're all gorgeous. They're all great. And so I, I, I love get out and exactly like you said, I think get out was kind of like the watershed moment for a lot of these big, like studios and stuff like, Oh wait, we can really turn a profit for little money because horror fans come out and support stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We kind of had that Renaissance a little earlier, like in the early two thousands where they were literally remaking every movie and just throwing, (laughs) you know, and, and that's one of the greatest things, greatest and worst things about horror people. We're always going to turn out, even if a, a studio just does a lazy remake and just puts a you know a, a title on it because they know we'll show up because the marketing's already built in and stuff. I.e., Black Christmas, the newest one, yuck, disgusting. Um, but like stuff like that, like that's us as horror fans, we're very loyal, and sometimes it helps us, sometimes it doesn't. Um, yeah. But definitely get out, uh, you know, to circle back full circle. It's amazing. I I agree with you with everything you said about it. I could watch it once a day, every week, and there's always something (laughs) I'm picking up on. Yeah. Well, that was my number four. Quinn, what's your number four, man? Yes, my number four, I'm I'm very curious if if you know about this one. Uh, It's a movie called The Endless. This this is a it's directed. Uh, I mean, it's basically it's it's uh, starring. It's written, shot, I believe, edited and directed by two guys who are like these guys are like a huge inspiration for for me. The same way like someone like Jordan Peele or Ty West is like these guys for me are they're they're working definitely in a smaller arena, but they're on the same level of like like if these guys can can work with such small budgets and make something this good like for someone like me who wants to make horror movies like i'm like wow like maybe i can do it too you know the, yeah it's empowering it's, uh, the, energizing man yes yeah, these guys uh justin benson and aaron moorhead they're um uh independent directors uh they've done a, a couple i think about like six movies now they they started out there's a very low budget movie it's also really good called uh, resolution which is actually the some characters from that actually appear in the endless it's a little they have like a little kind of indie sci-fi cinematic universe sort of going on hey, and awesome. uh it's a uh, it's they're really interesting guys they've uh recently they've kind of they've uh sort of popped off they started doing uh they did a couple episodes of moon Knight. i know recently they did jordan peele's uh twilight zone they were doing some tv stuff but they've been like they've been around making great stuff uh, kind of under the radar for a long time they said they did uh resolutions great spring is the only movie i haven't seen by them and i've been meaning to for a while uh, the Endless uh, was their third one. They made a movie called Synchronic that I believe is on Netflix now. 
with uh, Anthony Mackie and uh, Jamie Dornan. And then recently, I actually just got to see their new movie at the Vancouver International Film Festival, uh, Something in the Dirt, which is an awesome, similar to The Conspiracy. It's kind of like a conspiracy thriller sort of uh, like mockumentary, but not quite. It's a really trippy kind of meta cool movie. These guys are just honestly like some of the most like visionary indie directors I think working today. They've, they've got such a unique vision and style and nobody really makes movies like these guys. They're a bit more sci-fi, I would say, than horror. But uh, but man, like The Endless, I, um, I remember coming across a couple years ago and I saw the poster. If you haven't seen it, you should check out, go on IMDb and just look up The Endless. It is like hands down the coolest movie poster I've ever seen in my life. Like it's 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 just awesome i saw that i was like i gotta watch this movie and i uh i actually almost funny enough i almost turned it off 20 minutes into it because i was watching it i was they both star in it and i was like i don't know like the acting's not quite they're a little off like it doesn't visually it looks a little weird i'm not sure i'm really into this but i'm so glad i stuck with it because and at like an hour into it i was like this is like one of the most like intriguing and weird and cool movies i've ever seen it's it's one that I don't want to tell you too much about because it has a really, it is about a cult, but there's a lot more going on. And there's one specific thing going on that if I tell you, it would kind of ruin it. But it's, it's a, a really like wild movie. What they did with such a low budget is, is so impressive. And the fact that they, like I said, they wrote, directed, starred in it, edited it, shot it, did it all themselves. It's like, it's so inspiring. And it's, it's just, it's such a cool movie that like is so under the radar. But everyone I've told, to watch this movie has and has watched it has like loved it and they've been like how did i not know about these guys like i gotta watch everything these guys have done well, they're that's... just I, I could talk about these guys all day they're like as far as like indie science fiction goes they're like like they're like my guys they're they're just incredible the new lovecrafts hey I, for sure <laughs> I, I i pulled up the poster there is no lie here this poster is super <laughs> cool i'm looking at it right now it's super dope and i i love the fact that i totally agree with you somebody that has enough like energy and like such a passion that they're willing to get their hands dirty and do all that type of stuff for a movie. Like I can get behind that 10 out of 10 times, even if the vision of where I would want to see it go, it doesn't go where I would want it. That is so inspiring. Exactly. Like you said, I mean, to like write, direct, edit, that's a lot of work people. Like that's not just like, there's a reason multiple different people do multiple stuff like that that's a lot of tedious and hard work and late nights so i am so here for it and i totally agree with you after looking at this poster i'm kind of angry at myself i haven't seen this <laughs> this poster is really cool people so i can't wait to watch the endless man I, i'm just kind of like transfixed by this picture right now so yeah, it's super it's, cool it's i awesome. can't wait i would definitely say this is a great one i mean i, I say this about a lot of things I, I try not to watch trailers a lot of the time i'll just i'll hear about a movie from like a, maybe a movie group I'm in on Facebook or I'll listen to a podcast. I try, I try to go in as cold as possible. This is definitely a movie where you want to just like go in, don't watch the trailer, don't look it up, just check out the poster. And then, uh, yeah, posters are for me. I'm sold. Yeah. And then just, just watch it cold and just let it, let it kind of wash over you. And I would definitely say give it about 40 minutes because I think that it starts a little rocky, but it's definitely worth seeing through to the end. It's especially when you consider how, low budget it is just the ambition and the story and where it goes is just is so cool and it's it's got a really interesting like it's got a a cult aspect to it but there's a lot more going on and it's just a it's a wild movie it's uh 
I would definitely be curious uh, what you think of it. Absolutely, man. I, I'm definitely writing it down. I got a long weekend coming up and it's cold outside, so I need some stuff to watch. So <laughs> definitely the endless is at the top of my list after seeing that poster and hearing all that great stuff about it, man. That That's awesome. And it kind of transitions into my number three very seamlessly because my number three is like a Shutter original. Not a lot of like money was put into it, but definitely a passion project, you can tell. And it is some of the slickest, like low budget work I've ever seen in a movie. It's called Spiral. I don't know if you've seen this movie, but it is so good. And I am not talking about that shitty Chris Rock song movie. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear it's not that one. This one's called Spiral. Um, I can't remember. I don't have it written in front of me when it came out, but it was somewhere between like 2018 and 2021, somewhere there. It was one of the first like Shutter originals I watched and really sold me on Shutter. But it's about, it's made in the main part of the movie takes place in the 90s so 95 and it's about an openly gay couple and their teenage daughter and there's a lot going on in this movie and it's one of those great things i talked about in the beginning that you don't know if the like paranoia of being openly gay in the 90s which was if people don't know it was not really that like cool like i shouldn't say cool it wasn't accepted you know so you don't know if that paranoia cuz they moved to a smaller town in illinois and you know and one of the guys in it, Malik, he just, he cannot get his head around like these people don't like us. And it, so you don't know if it's like in his mind, if he's really playing into his stuff, but creepy stuff keeps happening. And it is such a slow burn. And man, the ending to this movie is such a good payoff. I love the direction they went. I did not even like see it going that route. It totally like, just blew my head off and i was like wow what a great movie and i'm gonna spoil a little bit but it there's so many twists and turns in it it really doesn't it, this is just kind of one of the first like peeling back of the layers it is a cult he's not going crazy but <laughs> they're they're really like using him to try to make him seem crazy and it's very good and you know for being a low budget movie with pretty much almost no actors i remember um except for uh, gosh i can't remember his name but he's like the big tough macho guy from a uh, scary movie. What a weird reference, uh. but he, he's, he's like the main bad guy and cult leader. So he's the most recognizable person. And it is, it's a great movie. I, I loved it. It's what I rewatched. Cause I remember really liking it. And I remember it having a cult aspect. So I wrote it down to rewatch it. I rewatched it a couple days ago. I was like, geez, man, I forgot how fucking much I love that movie. So very much kind of my like throw against the wall of like, this is my movie. I'm championing. And I'm putting it in my top three. It's probably not there for a lot of people. Probably won't even make that long list. But I love this movie just because I wanted to talk about it. So definitely, if you have Shudder or a way to see it, definitely watch Spiral, one of the better like original content for it. Yeah, if, uh, I've only heard the name of this one. I, uh, I, I remember uh, distinctly, uh, it's stuck in my brain because I remember just thinking like, oh man, that sucks that they named their movie Spiral. And then right after <laughs> the, uh, like a year after that, uh, um the the uh that saw movie that i i've not i've never seen the saw movies it's not my thing but uh just the fact that they <laughs> named the the new what i've heard terrible saw movie uh the same thing i was like oh man that sucks for this little movie like I, yep. <laughs> that's that that's uh that's my only kind of connection to this but um i i just wrote it down actually along with uh red state to uh as a next one to watch. Definitely. I would love to hear what you think of this movie cuz i like like you just said with the endless that's kind of 
this is my end list. Like this yeah. is my movie. I tell right. everyone about that. Like most people haven't seen. Um, man, I, I just love it. It's like the nineties nostalgia comes back cause they're very honest and very meticulous about what they do and like how they present the nineties. It's very like honest. Mm-hmm. It feels very nineties esque. Um, and it's just, it's really good. And like, I don't want to give a whole lot away, but it spans over certain types of decades. So when they kind of like mm-hmm. go back to other decades and stuff and move forward a little bit in time, it's, it's very good and seamlessly transitions like how it becomes and like the cult is so well done and just the paranoia they play on Malik who pretty much is the main character in this um it's just amazing and you just feel so bad for him because you know what's going on but no one else believes him and it is great and just chef's kiss at the end when <laughs> the, the the cult leader explains how they keep getting away with it chef's kiss that's like one of my favorite like it was just like Oh, like it's so obvious, but yet not obvious. And it's like, man, I love it. I love Spiral, so I cannot like champion it enough. And yeah, yeah screw Chris Rock for making that movie. Maybe that's why <laughs> Will Smith slapped him, man, for making that movie. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't talk to either of them, but I don't know. You, th- you think Spiral Will Smith got like, shutter? <laughs> probably. He's like, yeah. hey, how dare you make that movie called Spiral? Bah! But yeah, I, 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 I love Spiral. It's the one I champion. So I'm glad you put the endless on there because I capitalized it and wrote it down because I definitely need to see that. And I would definitely recommend Spiral to you, man. Getting to talk and know your taste going through the list. I think it's right up your alley. I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah, I just I just looked it up here on IMDb. Another great poster, actually. Really, really I know. creepy. That's how, cool. that's how I that's how I ended up watching it. I just it was one of those lonely nights, and I was like, fuck, I don't have anything to stream and. Just ran across the post. I'm like, fuck it, man. It's a Shutter original. I'll watch it. And just sat there in my seat, didn't get up to use the bathroom, making snacks. I was just so into it, like from the jump. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm just looking at, I saw a couple, there's a couple of clips here on uh, IMDb of just like watching on silent while I'm listening to you. And it, it definitely looks like right up my alley. This looks like exactly what I'm looking for. And I, there's a, a little, uh, a little clip, a clip here. And it says, uh, there's a quote from someone who uh, a critic says a perfect blick, uh, blend of uh, Roman Polanski and Jordan Peele. It's like, Ooh, you yeah. got me. So yep. <laughs> I would totally agree there. If Jordan Peele like revamped, like repulsion, that type of movie, you like, it's like right, right up that alley, man. And oh, I love that. that. It's, it's really good. I hope I'm not hyping it up too much. I'm trying to reserve my excitement, but it made my top three for a reason it beat out get out for me as far as like a cult movie. Cause it fits the criteria of a cult a little bit better that well, I was splitting the hairs on them cause they're both great movies with great meta commentary. I was like, well, spiral is much more of a cult movie. Cause it's like, hmm. that is the point of it. So definitely watch that one spirals. Number three for me, man. Awesome. Yeah. That's I got that in my notes with a bunch of stars next to it. That's uh, <laughs> that might be watching that tonight. Well, what's your number three, Quinn? So my uh, my number three, I'm actually surprised uh, I haven't heard it from you. I wonder if maybe this is on your top three as well. This is one I I've like get out. I just I'm always coming back to it, and I'm always this is one I love to show people. It's one of those movies. It's like when I saw Parasite I, for the Ooh, I, yeah. I saw that, and I've just I've seen it so many times because every time I talk to someone, I'm like, "Hey, have you seen Parasite?" And they're like, "No." I'm like, "Oh, I'll watch it with you." It's it's one of those ones that's so fun to show someone and get their reaction. And it's uh, Karen Kusama's uh, The Invitation. Mm, so on my long list, I didn't put it on my list, but I'm so happy we get to talk about it because I, I, I do love that movie. So uh, you brought it up. I'll let you talk about it, man. Yeah, I just I just love this movie. There's just this is exactly I actually, um, as I know, I, I told you a bit about like how I've been writing uh, some scripts and stuff. I, I have a list going on my phone of movies that I want my movies to be like. 
<laughs> that really inspire me. And this is yeah. this is like right on the top of that. Like this is like exactly another one that feels like it was made just for me. I love these movies that like almost feel like they could be a play. They have like one or two locations and it's just really good dialogue and just really, really strong writing. It's it's just this movie really it's like the direction is is good. It's not flashy, but it's really just the performances are so great and the script is just so strong. I think like the the actors get so much out of it. It's it's a uh, it's a really good cast of some good character actors. Like uh, Tammy Blanchard is really great. Um, this uh, guy I, I don't want to try and pronounce his name because it's tough, but he was on Game of Thrones. <laughs> he, he's uh, the husband. Uh, he's he's really great. Logan Marshall Green is uh, awesome. Really underrated. And uh, John Carroll Lynch from uh, I think a lot of people know from uh, as Arthur Lee Allen in Zodiac, who's like one of my favorite character actors ever. He He's just, he's so, he, he's just, he's so creepy and then so effective. And like that, that guy just can do no wrong. He's, he's Ever so since awesome. Gothica, I've been in love with him, man. Right. <laughs> he, he was kind of one of the best, like, uh, so sorry to tangent there, but loved him in Gothica. But yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, man. Yeah. He, it's, it's just such a, such a fun, like a, such a great, uh, fun watch. It's so, it, it almost feels actually like a, if I didn't know, I probably would have thought this might've been like a Ty West movie. It's just the way it like, it builds that tension and that dread and, and, and it really, really pays off the end. The last shot is like maybe one of my favorite endings to any movie ever when he, uh, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but just there's one little moment when one thing happens and it's not, it's not a jump scare. It's not something gory. It's just, it signifies something and you see it and you're like, w- it just, whoa, like, holy yeah. shit like that, that is just like, oh yeah and you're just like oh my god it's it's like devastating but you, but you're just like you just want to like stand up and slow clap it's just, yep. it's yep. just like such a such a, like a, a taut just like tightly wound just such a good thriller so well made like there's really not even a ton to say about it it's just it's just a really well-made movie from everyone involved i just I, it's a great one to just rewatch, and it's 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 just great. I just I kind of love everything about it. For a while, this was uh, this was sitting around. This is my number three. I, I had it at number one at one point, uh, and I kind of shuffled around a little bit, uh, especially after I rewatched one, which we'll get to, which ended up being my number one. But uh, yeah, it's it's just a an awesome movie that I think is really underrated. Uh, yeah, man, it totally is. And I'm literally looking at my long list and the more we talk about it and the more I start to remember parts, I'm kind of kicking myself for not putting <laughs> it on. But that's why I bring great guests on this podcast, people. So we get to talk about everything. But yeah, it's every performance is so great. I love that you said it could be like a Ty West movie. It is such a slow burn thriller. It is in no rush to get you there. But when it gets there, Chef's Kiss, it's great. Exactly like you said, it's very much of like a dial back reserved horror but then when you kind of get into the nitty-gritty of it it's like oh gosh but yeah love the invitation it's very good uh you pretty much hit the nail on the head i'm not going to give a lot away because i feel it is kind of like a movie a lot of people haven't seen and you Mm -hmm. definitely need to go see it if we ruin any part of it it can really take away from the movie so we won't talk too much more about it because it's a phenomenal movie that you just need to watch without giving too much away yeah and i'll say to make sure uh you watch the 2015 one this is another one like spiral where uh another yeah. uh, the invitation just came out which i did not bother with because it i heard bad things which and it just annoys me i'm like oh man less people are gonna see the the really really good one now because they're gonna get it confused like, ah, the new man. invitation it's a little lifetimey but for what it does in a pg-13 horror movie it's not my least favorite i liked oh. it it was a cool it was a cool little vampire movie but like 
it's not this invitation. That's right. that's for damn sure. It's if you ever want like easy watching, if you're ever trying to scroll Instagram and watch a cool little vampire flick with like some <laughs> really good pop out parts or like really good like tension building parts, it's pretty good. I I we saw like like our movie theaters here have like two dollar days and like certain movies are two bucks and so right. we went to go see it because like fuck it, it's a vampire movie. And, blew me away i i i did not think it'd be that good because most of the movies that are two dollars on two dollar day are not very good <laughs> for very obvious reasons but yeah. it was okay it's not as good as this one but yeah definitely watch the 2015 one logan marshall green great movie very slow burn very real feeling very immersive movie so totally mm-hmm. agree with everything you said man yeah it's it's a it's a it's a just a really it, it's it's just an easy one to recommend it's just if you want something just that'll kind of make the hairs on your arm stand up and just, yeah. it's just, you're just, there's just this great sense of dread. You're always just a little on edge. It just builds that anxiety so well. It is just, it's just such a well-made movie. And I just like Karen Kusama is just, just such so talented. Yeah, totally agree. I uh, echo every sentiment there and you know, you're, you're in very good hands here on this podcast. So just turn <laughs> off right now, go watch the movie and then you can finish our top two later. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but definitely, my number two, man, this is probably the most chalk pick of all. Uh, most people had it number one of all time. This is how good the movie is because, like, the director is an absolute human piece of shit, Roman Polanski. Like, he's just mm-hmm. not a good person at all. But Rosemary's Baby, if you can separate the art and the artist, I fucking love this movie. It, it again, is kind of like The Wicker Man. Like, everyone kind of knows about it, but like, it just, I love everything about this movie. It is so good. And, it's definitely one of those older movies that I can continue to watch and I love it so very much. You know, it it, it just like, it was so groundbreaking at the time. There's so much movie like the horror genre wouldn't even have like subgenres Like we're talking about probably if it were not for Rosemary's baby or Mm -hmm. it probably would, it just wouldn't be this far along progress. So for that reason, I love it. It's very stalwart. All the performances are great. And again, Polanski is a phenomenal director and a phenomenal horror director well just director in general but he's just a, a horrible piece of shit we've talked about a lot on yeah. here because i love his work but i try to separate the art and the artist and rosemary's baby is still like one of the best cult movies of all time i know it's chalk but i'm one of the reasons it is chalk because <laughs> i champion it a lot yeah it's 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 pretty incredible it, it, it's amazing just like it's one of those movies where you watch it it's like the first time i uh i watched goodfellas Yes, or something like that, and and you're just like you, you can see you're like oh that's where this movie I've seen gets that from you know it's yep. like you see you could just see like so much influence like the like when you watch Rosemary's Baby you just see stuff from like all the movies you've seen the the decades that came after you see echoes of it and you're like oh this is where they got that from this is where it started but it doesn't it doesn't feel tired you know it's not like like it it, it just feels like it hasn't aged a day like like I said about the Wicker Man where it it's definitely a good movie, but it definitely feels dated. Like yes. Rosemary's baby is just, it's, it's like timeless. Like it's amazing how well it's aged. It really doesn't feel like, like any time has passed. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Especially for a movie in the sixties, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. my word, it's, it was so ahead of its time. I think that's the craziest thing. Yeah. It's like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really believe that the thing was made in the sixties, especially like, I mean, with all the subject matter in it, especially in the sixties, you're like, ugh. I didn't think it was pretty, uh, you know, okay to talk about the devil and, you know, the devil impregnating somebody and the spawn of Satan coming, you know, it was like, ah, so love the movie just for how like out there it was. And again, just for the cornerstone foundation piece of a lot of cult movies, exactly like you said, 
love her for that reason. All the performances are great. I know when we did top 10, like female performances, you know, Mia Farrow was high up there for this movie. Cause I mean, it's like just chef's kiss. It's, it's so good. And especially that whole dream sequence where she realizes this isn't a dream. And like, that mm-hmm. is just one of the most gut wrenching performances. And like, Oh, uh, like I can't even blink. I'm so terrified right now. And, yeah, I just I just love it. I, I, most people have seen it. I won't talk too much about it. If you haven't, see it. If you don't want to see it because of Polanski, I, I can understand. But if you mm-hmm. can separate art and artist and just enjoy this movie, please watch it. Yeah, it's it's it, like I said, it's just amazing how modern it feels. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's 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 so impressive. It's, it's just such an incredibly made movie. And yeah, like you said, Mia Farrow is just like transcended (laughs) her and like john cassavetes are so good every single actor is just like just absolutely perfect yeah i agree um well that was my number two pretty chalky but what's your number two man so my uh my number two is probably pretty expected i'm not sure if you considered this a a cult film uh originally i i wasn't gonna put it on but i saw it on some lists and i was doing my research and i was like you know it's too good to not put on there and it's hereditary (laughs) <laughs> which you i know uh, my battleship sir that's <laughs> yeah it's uh man like just I, I rewatched it this week and i was like what just god what like how, how did he do it you know I, I felt the same way when i when i watched the uh, the witch uh yep. again recently i was like just it, it's just amazing like just every moment is just like pitch perfect and like it's like the writing is so strong tony collette like you said before is just like Ugh. incredible everyone's great like uh Millie Shapiro, she's not in it very much, but she just looms over the whole movie, like figuratively and literally. Yep. <laughs> she's yeah. uh, she's she's awesome. Like even Gabriel Byrne is uh, is really great. Who I like, I'll always love from The Usual Suspects. He's he's just always great. Like Alex Wolf, who's I I love. I I think he's uh, also really underrated. Just like everyone is so good. There's like uh, I, I think like most most horror movies. Like I think whenever I watch a horror movie, I really want at least like one one scene that really sticks with me or like one thing that i have never seen before and this movie has like five of those you know? yeah. <laughs> the whole movie is like uh like the, that's, i don't that think scene that, less in a movie than the, in this yeah. <laughs> like the scene when when she's uh up on the roof and she's got the piano wire it's just mm. like i was like just that thinking about that that sound too is just like oh it's just disturbing it really like it i'm like like i'm like shivering thinking about it it's it's just it's so effective and it's so creepy but it also just if you take out the horror elements it's just a great drama and it's got a lot to say and it's it's just so well written and like it just like and doubt is so good all the all the supporting characters are so great like just it's like i mean i what can be said about it that hasn't already been said it's (laughs) it's absolute masterpiece amazing and it's held up so well yeah i i love everything about this movie and like i said it's my number one like i so i totally i mean i totally think it's a cult movie absolutely they're just summoning you know uh gosh i can't think of the demon's name i don't know why because i've seen it so many damn times i don't know why i can't think of it but man i it it is so unsettling and in fact my last episode i did with alex was scariest movies of all time and it was Mm -hmm. my second scariest movie like i can't tell you how how little sleep i got after seeing that movie because when you rewatch that movie or like if you've even seen like the stuff where they like enhance the lighting and there's just people in the corners like that Ugh. you didn't even see in the movie. You're like, what the fuck? There was a naked person in the corner. I didn't even see that the whole time. <laughs> like it's it is phenomenal and how they use her grief 
to like slowly <laughs> summon this demon is mm-hmm. like just that extra twist of the knife and just so ugh, like everything about this movie is I love this movie like everything about it the contrast like you said from Tony Collette's character um to the father in the movie you just says name it blanked me I can't believe it but yeah Gabriel father, Byrne yeah yes Gabriel Byrne the contrast of them trying to keep their family together as she is just so almost inconsolable and he's trying to just like settle everything together like yes we lost our daughter but we still have a son to think about like it, it is like you said you even take the horror out of it it's a phenomenal movie and like it's everything about it and so like you mm-hmm. said not a whole lot to say it's my crown jewel because i love the movie and it just happens to have a cult in it so as soon as we did this <laughs> i kind of knew what my number one was going to be because i'm just that guy i'm that loyal and i champion this movie all the time it is so good people if you haven't seen hereditary go check it out i do understand there's probably some people that aren't going to like it but like it is just perfect like you said so many times it's like the movie was made for me is literally like that movie was made for me and it's 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 beautiful it's beautiful in its disgusting ways like uh, I, I don't know like you said what what else can you say about it, man it's just phenomenal so hereditary yeah, I mean, is number one for me man yeah like when i even when I saw this, I, I kind of came to it a bit late. I think I saw it in 2020. I, I wish I had seen it in uh, in theaters. Uh, that's one. That's a big uh, regret. My for me. jaw I was, has I, never hit the theater floor harder than when yeah. <laughs> her head got knocked off when I thought she was the main fucking character. And I was yeah, like, okay, yeah. this is the type of movie I'm in for. I had no idea that was going to happen. See, that, that's funny you say that. That's just what I was going to say is that like th- that scene I actually knew about. It was spoiled for me somehow. So Ooh. I knew that was going to happen. And it was still just as effective you know it was still like i was like it's just it's so it's so like like i I think it's you expect it to be more it's 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 done so like almost nonchalantly and the way he just drives home afterwards and just leaves the body there it's so like understated but it like tells you so much about the character and it's just it's yeah it's just every single piece of it is just so like perfectly done and there's no loose ends there's nothing that there's not there's no fat on this movie it's it's like just over two hours and it's like didn't need to be a minute longer or shorter you know it was perfect everything about it was perfect and it's just exactly like you said so many times people are like well i would do this i would do that like that scene where he just drives home with his decapitated sister in the car like i feel like that's what you would do you'd be in such like utter like shock and just numb like what else are you gonna do and so like right. it just felt so beautifully real in the worst way possible because you don't even want to think about that happening to you so yeah. i love this movie so much like i said it's my number one and i kind of knew when you wrote me about doing this i was like it's definitely gonna be a top three like i didn't even have to right. think about it for me for sure so battleship sunk and so happily done because i love hereditary but since you sunk my number one and we you know talked about how much we love hereditary i am so excited quinn to hear what your number one is man yeah, well, it's funny you say that because you actually also sunk mine. I just didn't tell you yet. But my number <laughs> one is Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. man. Yeah, that, splitting hairs there. I was like, it was yeah. when I was doing my list, that's, those were the two I interchanged the most. Like, ugh. Like, so awesome, man. G- give your two cents on Rosemary's Baby. I was, I was wondering. I was like, man, he's kind of reserved on what he has to say about it. So, hey. Yeah, I was, I hold, I was holding back. <laughs> Go ahead, man. No, it's just, it's just like a I, – I honestly just think it's like a perfect movie. It's – it's just like, like I said, it just feels like it hasn't aged a day. I, I love the the idea. I think one of my favorite things about horror movies, and it's really influenced my writing, is just the idea of gaslighting. 
is just such a integral mm-hmm. part because you think like every character in a horror movie when they're in the movie they don't think they're in a horror movie they don't like there's there's yeah. always that so like any haunted house movie like you watch poltergeist you watch the conjuring it, it takes it's that that journey from from the not believing until you accept it and then moving forward and there's that that theme of gaslighting is so important in horror and i think this really is uh like i'm, I'm not an expert on early 60s uh, 70s horror so i couldn't say for sure but this feels like a very important moment for that and it's just it it like resonates like even today like i i could see th- this story i feel like is is such a is, is so relevant to to now and like mia farrow just sells it so well john cassavetes is so great it was the first time i'd ever seen him uh like ruth gordon is mini the her and uh and her husband are just like so like you, you know you know those people you know they were just like a, a little bit too nosy like a little bit too friendly and you kind of wonder and it's it's just it's it's such a effective movie it's it like i said you can see like the echoes of it in so many other movies and it's just it's so impressive what uh what he was able to do back then and how just still creepy it is like there's so many movies like from the 70s and 80s like you watch like you watch poltergeist now i love poltergeist i think it's an awesome movie and i'll always rewatch it but it's i'm not scared by it you know I, i'm not no. creeped out by it but this movie like i i watched it a little bit of it last night i watched the first half and then before I called you, uh, uh, while I was uh, eating my breakfast, I, I watched the second half, and I, I was like, "It's still effective." It's like it was like eight eight in the morning, and I was watching <laughs> it with the uh, with my lamp on. And I was like creeped out and kind of unsettled. Like it's just it's it's still just like so effective. Like everyone is so good. There's like the the way it's shot and like the the apartment they have is just it's just perfect. It's just like so so well constructed. Like the, the screenplay is so good. It moves at such a great pace. It it like feels so of its time and so modern at the same time it's just like i I can't say enough good stuff about it i just uh i kind of came to it late i think i first saw it maybe five years ago and i was like just as blown away watching it today as i was uh as i was when i first saw it it's just it really it definitely lives up to the hype (laughs) you know what i mean hasn't aged one bit you're absolutely right man Mm -hmm. absolutely right it's just it's just so and like such a uh not like the the ending is so great it's so it's not a big bombastic, crazy, scary ending, but it's just so creepy. And that last shot of hers is so effective. And like, like I said, Mia Farrow is just, I'm, I'm almost surprised she didn't have a bigger career. I was kind of looking at her IMDb today because she's just like, she's done a, a fair bit of work, but she, she never really got to that next level. It doesn't seem like, I think probably the, uh, she, she was married to Woody. She's still married or she was married to Woody Allen. I think, I believe, uh, uh, so that that probably has something to do with it, yeah. But uh, she never. Uh, she, she, I just don't think she gets she gets the the credit, or she didn't have the career. I think she should have had coming out of this because she is just like transcendent in this movie. Like she, I think the movie like is just like it it it's so great to begin with, but she just takes it to that next level. Yeah, absolutely. When the only critique you can make of the movie is the director is a piece of shit, like you know you mm-hmm. have a good movie. Like that's yeah. that's the only thing I can say about it. like there's nothing wrong about the movie nothing technical and like there's just so much subtle nuance to it like you were saying like the neighbors bringing the little like necklace and she's like oh it stinks it smells so horrible but she just doesn't want to be rude so she continues to wear it like mm-hmm. just stuff like that is just like so subtly mind-blowing and like it's it, it it's pretty much a near perfect film and probably is a perfect film and i totally agree it and hereditary were kind of my one and two and like it, it if I had to say they're kind of like in their own tier by itself and everything else is kind of below it. So 
I'm happy you had it at number one, man, because it is a phenomenal transcendent watershed moment of a movie and Rosemary's Baby. Like, if you haven't seen it by now, definitely go check it out because I know a lot of older movies, exactly like Quinn had said, maybe just don't hold the test of time. This is the absolute outlier of that. Uh, this literally felt like Ari Aster could have made this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's it's great. So definitely check it out if you haven't. Um, but anything else you want to say about your number one, man? Uh, no, I mean, that's like, I honestly just like, it's another one where it's just like, what can you say about it that hasn't been said? Like, it's just, it's yeah. just an incredible movie. It's just such a amazing accomplishment. Absolutely. And, just, absolutely. and so influential. Well, let's recap our list because, man, we had such good conversation. I want to make sure everyone knows our list. I'll start, man. Um, my number 10 was The Empty Man. My number nine was Jennifer's Body. My number eight was Midsommar. My number seven was Dr. Sleep. Number six was Red State. Number seven was 1973's The Wicker Man, not The Bees. Number four was <laughs> Get Out. Number three is uh, Shudder's original Spiral, so go check that out. Number two was Rosemary's Baby. And number one was Hereditary. Quinn, your top 10, sir. Yeah, so my, my 10 was also The Empty Man. My uh, number nine was Kill List. Number eight was The House of the Devil. Number seven, Midsommar. Number six, Conspiracy. Uh, number five, The Sacrament. And number four, The Endless. Number three, The Invitation, the 2015 one. <laughs> uh, number two was uh, Hereditary. And number one is Rosemary's Baby. Quinn, man, I appreciate you coming on, man. That was so much fun. I always have so much fun just chopping it up with the true horror fiend like yourself, man. You are officially a friend of the show. Anytime you want to come on, man, any ideas you have, always feel free to hit me up. We can always make this happen and everything. But, man, I really enjoy the time. Um, Anything else you want to say to the audience before I give my cringy little sign off, man? Yeah, actually, I do. Uh, uh, I have a couple uh, honorable mentions. I like. Thank to, you for reminding to me. I, really told yeah. off, <laughs> I told you off, Mike. I'd forget. Yeah, give those honorable yeah. mentions, Quinn. Yeah, because I was having a tough time uh, cutting some of these. Uh, I didn't include. Uh, there's a couple I had that aren't really uh, don't really have anything to do with horror. That are definitely good cult movies that I left off. Obviously, uh, The Master, which is just like. Love one it. of the best movies ever made oh, like that's obviously a, a a cult movie but that's that one just didn't feel right for the the horror podcast and i had so many other smaller movies i wanted to talk about that one i kind of left off but obviously like like that's just one of the best movies ever made and paul thomas anderson is a, is a genius i've i kind of like recently got into him right. <laughs> yeah the uh, <laughs> the uh the last couple year, years i got into him i uh like just this year alone, I watched uh, I watched there will be uh, there will be blood and boogie nights for the first time. I was like, mm. why 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 have I not been like what took me so long? This guy is like 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 one of the best directors ever. Like it's just yeah incredible and it's and it's such an amazing movie. Joaquin Phoenix is just like unreal. Like and and Philip Seymour Hoffman obviously like one of the best we've ever had and such a loss. Uh, and then uh, the other one I had non horror was. Uh, uh, I was wondering if you if what you think about uh, Under the Silver Lake. Uh, that was the follow up. I can't remember the director's name offhand, but uh, he did uh, it, it follows. follows. Yeah, I'll be honest. Um, I know what it was going for. It just was not my cup of tea. I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy it. I do think it was a beautiful movie. I think the performances were great. It just it just did not resonate for me. It's a good movie, and I say this all the time. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It just was not my cup of tea. Mm. Um, that does not mean it's a bad movie because it's a very polarizing movie and I can definitely respect the fact 
that the director went in a direction where he's like, I don't care if half the people are going to hate it. I'm going to make the movie I want to make. So yeah, that's it almost how feels like that, that kind of divisiveness was intentional in a way. Yes. Like he, he definitely so. takes a big swing and it's very, it's very out there. I just, I, I really, I love it just for the ambition alone. And like I said, I love a good movie about a conspiracy theory. And it's just, mm-hmm. that one is, uh, it's really fun. It's really just, it's so weird. It really, I love how it kind of skewers LA culture and, and it's just, and Andrew Garfield is so great. I just like, it's, it's definitely another, like the empty man is definitely flawed, but it yeah. really gets some extra points for me for just how ambitious it is. And it was, it's just a, a fun watch and like, so interestingly shot, really well made. I, I really enjoyed that one. I definitely then, tell people to watch it and say, Hey, make your own opinion because I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's bad. It just was not for me. I enjoyed that I saw it. I enjoyed the art, art, you know, the art measures taken in it, but it just it's not something I would ever turn to again. Not not saying it's a bad movie. So if you haven't seen Under a Silver Lake, go check it out. But go ahead, man. Mm-hmm. I also a couple that didn't quite make it. Uh The Lodge, one I just recently watched for the first time. That's a quite an interesting movie. It uh didn't totally come together for me in the end, but I I really appreciated uh uh, a lot of the craft in it. I think uh, Riley Keough is awesome in that movie. And like I was saying, it's, it's, it has the uh, kind of the theme of gaslighting. That's a really interesting movie that really kind of almost has like a psychological thriller aspect to it. It really kind of keeps you guessing. Uh, I thought that one was really interesting. Uh, as well as uh, there's a movie on Shudder. I don't know if you've heard of. It's called Sun. Have you ever, uh, you, you ever come across this one? No, no. That which shocks me because I'm usually like Shutter's biggest supporter. I whore myself right. out for Shutter all the time for free. But yeah, talk <laughs> about the sun, man. I, I doesn't doesn't say. Oh, wait, wait. Sun like S U N or S O N? S O N. S O N. Yes, I have seen it because it sta- stars um, Andy. I can never remember her last name. Uh, goodness, but yes, I actually really did enjoy that movie. That's that's the one where like the sun was born she's on the run from the cult correct yes yes i have seen uh, it and i loved it yeah that was one i just watched for the for the first time uh this week i uh it didn't quite uh didn't quite make my list it wasn't quite there for me but it was just just a really good kind of really just sharply made kind of low budget uh very like kind of contained like just uh a really kind of nice small movie that knew what it was i think it was well executed it just didn't quite get to that next level for me but performances are all really good and it's just like a pretty just sharply made movie that i uh i really enjoyed yeah i didn't bring anything new to the table that's where i would mm-hmm. knock at points it's i feel i've seen that movie just not done as well as it's done so that that's yeah. how i kind of describe it it's a great movie if you're like just looking for something to watch quit scrolling and just watch it because it's yeah. good so yeah definitely sun yeah okay i have seen that one i was thinking sun like the sun uh, so yeah 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 sun is very good um, like you said, it's very, I don't want to say paint by the numbers, but it's, it, it, it's done. The story has been told before, but it's done in a very executed, awesome way. So mm-hmm. definitely check that one out. Too. Yeah. So I got a couple more. I won't keep you too long. We've been, oh, no, this man, might be your no, longest yeah. episode ever. Hey, no, no. I think I've had a three hour one. So no, oh, I, yeah. I am all here for it. I, I say the, I say the opposite. I'm always like, Hey, thanks for your time, man. I will take whatever content right. you have, man, for sure. Yeah, so the, another one that didn't quite—I wasn't sure whether to really categorize this as a, a cult movie. I guess it sort of is uh, reveals itself to be at the end. But uh, "Ready or Not" by Radio Silence—I love "Ready or Not." I think it's it's such a such an awesome movie. Like Samara Weaving is just unbelievable in that movie. It's just it's it's so much fun. It's like it's it's just it's just like 
beginning to end like such a fun movie to watch it's a uh, and, and like another just really really great really fun ending just like a just a really really fun movie to watch i love that movie and i would consider it a cult movie if I have the audacity to put Dr. Sleep on here, it is just as much of a cult movie as it. So I do love that one as well, too. It actually was on my long list. Um, it just it didn't, you know, push itself into my top 10, but it's on my long list for everything you just said it is nothing but unique and fun and very entertaining. And the mm-hmm. humor is very subtle. The violence is very fun. Great movie. So I, I'm glad we got to talk about that one, too. Yeah, entertaining is definitely the name of the game. It's just like that's one I would I, I love to just go back to every once in a while and rewatch. Uh, I also had uh, the Wicker Man. Obviously, was on the list just for how, even though I didn't love it, just for how clearly influential it was. And there's some some great, really great moments in that one. Uh, another one I I thought you might talk about uh, this movie called Starry Eyes. Do you know this one? Yes, I do. And again, another great poster. And yeah, it, oh yeah. It, 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 I, I thought about it, but I was just like, it, it again was just one of those that like when we're dividing up greatness, it's kind of hard to, it's like, if I put it in my top 10, what am I getting rid of? And that was my hardest point for it. But again, another great indie low budget movie. So talk about it, man. You brought mm-hmm. it up. Yeah. I just, I was really surprised. I watched this one pretty cold. I just heard some good things about it and I, I looked it up afterwards and I was kind of shocked to find out it came out, I believe 2014. Because just the the themes it's dealing with, and it has kind of a Harvey Weinstein before Harvey Weinstein yes. really was it. It's like, like what was it trying to it. tell us? Yeah, what's it yeah, trying to tell us? It's just like so. I mean, it's it's funny to say because it only came out like 2014, but it, it's like ahead of its time. Like I was really surprised it didn't. It, it could have come out this year. Actually, I, I assumed it came out like like some like around 2019, 2020, something like that. It's like it's just it, it's very like prescient with its themes and. The central performance is really good. It's it didn't totally come together. I felt it kind of fell apart a little bit in the third act. I didn't find the end totally satisfying, but it's it is still like it's a really well made movie, and I, I really enjoyed it. It's like a solid above average three and a half out of five stars probably for me. But I would I would definitely recommend taking a look at it. Absolutely, it's definitely one of those movies like you go in with no expectations and you get blown away. You're like, oh wow, that was way better than I thought it was going to be. That's how my number three spiral was. I had no expectations for it. And then it was just like, oh, wow, I really enjoyed that. And I'm surprised more people don't talk about it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm glad you got to talk about it. I've never talked about that on the podcast. So definitely go check out Starry Eyes for a simple fact that's super low budget and go support people like that. And it's very mm-hmm. solid for what it did. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the only one I had that's uh, a documentary uh, that I mean, there's definitely a lot of good uh, cult documentaries out there. But uh, I mean, obviously, um, there was the uh, uh, the Netflix show about the Rajneeshis. The name is escaping wild, me right wild now. West. Wild Wild Country. Wild Wild, 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 wild Country. country. That's yes, it, yeah. that was a great one. But the one I you probably might or you might not have heard of. It's called Welcome to Leith. No, this I have is, not uh, heard about that. It came out uh, a handful of years ago, and it's basically about this small town uh, somewhere in the states, I believe, in the Midwest, that was just taken over by neo Nazis. They just moved in, and they basically just took over this this tiny little town and it's a, a true story it's a it's a really really good documentary and it just shows like how these these neo-nazis just came in took over this town and the the people living there were just like they just couldn't do anything they were kind of hopeless they, just, they didn't yeah it's it's and it's a really just it it's a really like effective documentary it really shows just like the uh, how quickly you can kind of become overpowered and just be powerless and how powerful that 
ideology is and it's it's a really really great documentary i would definitely recommend people check that out i believe say it's that, on uh, say the title again one more time man because i want to write it down yeah it's a uh, welcome to leith it's l welcome to leith okay leith l-e-i-t-h okay. that's the name of the town yeah it's a very interesting movie it's been a long time since i've seen it but i i remember really really enjoying it and then the uh the last one i had on my list was uh actually a, a short it was a uh, from uh, VHS ninety four, another Shutter original, Storm Drain, yeah, which uh, I, is just awesome. I I I find the VHS movies I don't really enjoy them. I, I find them there's a couple shorts I like and and a lot that I don't. But Storm too Drain much is probably in the VHS movies. Like there's good yeah. stuff like Storm Drain and stuff like that. But then there's like three or four that I'm like, okay, come on. Yeah, but like Storm Train is just like is so much fun. That's another one that's on my like movies I want to make movies like list. It's just it's it's like so simple, but it's it's so much fun and it's like it's goofy but also scary and just like just just such a a wild ride and it's like it's more enjoyable than a lot of movies I watch and it's like twenty minutes long. It's it's just it's <laughs> it's, it's it's so it's so good. Absolutely, man. Well, I. I appreciate you coming on, Quinn. I really do, man. Like that was one of the best conversations I've had in a long, long time. So <laughs> feel free to always come on the podcast. Anytime you're getting that itch, man, just kind of want to talk. Always feel free to come chop it up with me, man. So I appreciate it. You know, you did not let the great North down. You did Canada <laughs> well. So hey, you did Canada proud, yeah. man. You should be excited. So. Yeah, I feel like an ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> you should, man. You should. Well, man, I really appreciate the time. Anything else you want to say to the audience before I give my cringy outro and sign off for him here? Uh, just uh, thanks a lot for having me on. This is a lot of fun. I, I feel like I've had all these thoughts in my head. I got to just get them off my chest. It's just so nice to just be able to talk to someone who's as passionate about this as, uh, as I am. And I'll, I'll definitely be back. I've already written down some, some other topics <laughs> and some ideas. And I'd really love to do a end of the year breakdown because this year has just been, I've just been reveling in how, how, great the uh the movies have been this year we There's have so been much good so lucky. 2022. 2022 has been great man and we could do that like our own little academy awards man do like best writing best all that type of stuff so i mm-hmm. i'd so be here for that because you know spooky season's over so it gets a little dry so i would yeah. love to do something like that man let's stay in communication and you know teaser people continue to follow up on the podcast so you can hear that so We'll definitely do some stuff like that. If you guys need anything in the meantime, just know, always feel free to reach out to me. Um, But other than that, people, hey, stay scary. 